What, are you sober? Yeah, I've got shit to do later. I don't like sober, Joe. Well, me neither. No one does. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And welcome to Baby Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Shaheen, and I'm joined by my erudite co-hosts, Bubs and Joe. I don't know what that means. I think... <laughs> uh, learned. Yeah, it means oh. we're smart. Oh, the, oh, it is the word from, um, what's that? Divergent. Oh my god, for real? We're bringing factions. in... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, budget, budget Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I uh, did not know that. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud on iTunes. Uh, we also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on yell at us on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And of course, we always post the episodes to Reddit um, in case you enjoy long-form discussion. This is episode... Shit, seventy-three. We've been at this for a minute. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to be talking about the hundred season six episode eleven. Getting close to the end, and so great to have you guys here. We usually start with giving some information about ourselves and a quick icebreaker game. This week's icebreaker game is: What's your love language? Um. And so, just so you know, uh, just so everyone is on the same page, the five languages of love, as identified by someone at some point, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is not like written in stone or anything. There's a book called The Five Languages of Love, and this person, which whose name I forget, identified these five things. Um, physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and gift. Um, who wants to go first? Bob's? Sure. Um, so is your love language ooh. that beer that you just cracked open? Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lovely language. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've taken the quiz before, and my top two are it's acts of service, and then it's gifts, and then it's like a ways down is like, um, physical touch and then a ways down is quality time and then a ways down is all the way at the bottom is words of affirmation because i think words mean garbage <laughs> so that's wait and is it okay. is it what people do for you or how you express love it's what people do for me okay that make you feel loved yes Got i ex i show my affection with words of affirmation because i'm lazy and it doesn't mean much. So <laughs> I know that it doesn't mean much. That's why it's at the bottom of my list. Anyway, you know, I can't wait to play this through my phone at your wedding in whatever many years that happens. Um, I can die like, There will be, you know, an opportunity for everyone to toast. And this will be, I'm going to remember this and be like, yeah, happy couple. Best of luck. So what's your second best? Um, or the second one for uh, you giving love 
Um, I think probably gifts. Probably. Okay, and that was the second one for your receiving too. Yeah, I <laughs> like. I love finding the perfect gift for somebody. I don't know why it's so satisfying, but it's like the best feeling when you like. You're like, yes, this is this person. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that like I think gifts both ways are really fun. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Do you want to introduce yourself, Bubs? Oh yeah, I Bubbles live in New York City. I have a dog. You'll hear him, and that's it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Joe. Um, I'm Joe. I live in Austin, Texas. I have two cats. You might hear them. I cle- I keep my office door closed though, so usually it's just wailing at the other side. Um, let's see. Uh, le- le- love language. So I think I think I would go with um acts of service. Um, as mine, uh, as evidenced by the fact that I went to the gym this morning and, uh, my girlfriend stayed home and I was leaving the gym and I just texted her. So full disclosure, we've been watching a lot of Letterkenny lately. So we've been, uh, incorporating, um, the language of Letterkenny into our, into our <laughs> everyday conversation, non-fucking stop. Um, so good. So I texted her, um, cause usually on weekends she makes breakfast. And so I wrote her and I was like, Brecky boys. Um, and then I didn't hear back and I wrote another, I, I wrote Ferda as in Ferda boys. Um, and she was still in bed when I got home, but then when I got home, she actually made breakfast and it was really good. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think acts of service, uh, are my, are my main one. And then I think probably what I do for other people is also acts of service. Um, I think. I don't know. I should probably like actually take the fucking quiz. Uh, but 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 listeners, it. like this will come in later because like Bubs has a whole thing on love language uh, to talk later. So yes. we're not just like shooting the yeah. shit and whatnot. Well, we are shooting the shit. But anyway, what about you, Shaheen? Um. So hi, my name is Shaheen. I live in Pittsburgh. I study philosophy. Um. Can I plug my blog? Yeah, you haven't plugged your blog in a while. Have you started? Yay! I started updating my blog again. So, freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. I have not taken the quiz, but I think I know myself pretty well. Um, So, my top two are physical touch and quality time. God, you're such a fucking softy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Bubs and I are like... (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I think, for me, it's both ways... Although I really love hearing words of affirmation much more than I like giving them. But I also give a lot of words of affirmation. I do not want like gifts. I don't like giving them or receiving them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they're usually more stressed than they're fun. Um, and acts of service. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, but I'm not the kind of like man man who's like oh i show my love by like bringing money or whatever i yeah but i do thanks for my partner um so episode deets so um we're talking about season six episode 11 of the hundred it's called ashes to ashes director bob morley yay bobby yeah and yeah, and you could see, like, I, anyway, we'll get, like, I think his scenes were a little, um, different this time. Anyway, uh, and written by, uh, Charmaine DeGrat. Okay, so. DeGrat Overall takes. Sorry, what? 
Degrate. Degrate. Because there's yeah, an exclamation mark on it. Or not exclamation mark. There's an accent. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Mm. Yeah. I don't speak Degrate. French. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. French is weird. Um, okay. Overall takes, Joe? Um, I, I, I liked it well enough. Um, I think I mentioned this last episode that I'm enjoying the back half of this season a good bit more, um, than sort of the beginning. Uh, and I kind of, and I know I'm going to be disappointed, but like, I kind of hope that Josephine isn't totally gone. Like I actually really liked her. Um, I thought that that was... Yeah, I, I really liked her as a character. She definitely grew on me, even though that you're like, wow, she is not a good person. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I was like, go on. <laughs> tell me. Tell me about your eugenics. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's alive in Clark's mind. But is she? No, she's supposed to be gone. There were a few moments. No, I just mean, like, Clark... It seems like Clark knows enough now about that, Josephine that she can, that be she her? can like, be her. Yeah. She will live on through Clark? Yeah. <laughs> But no, there were moments where um, Eliza's voice kind of got higher again, and I was like, wait, is just wait in there? Is this like some long ruse? So <laughs> I, yeah, I wondered if she wasn't actually gone, but I agree. I think that Josephine was really fun, and it was fun to see Eliza get to play a sassy character. Yeah, because like, I liked sassy Clark. Like, Clark yeah. kind of stopped being sassy I mean, I'll, I'll say Clark kind of caught, stopped being sassy midway through season three. If I we're think if we're being honest, two. Honestly, uh, she has. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry. I would consider her spitting in Lex's face to be pretty sassy. But that's not sassy. That's like anger. Yeah. See, I think like it died after Mount Weather. Like she got all like moody sad. after committing genocide. Yeah. Exactly. Like, God, get over it. You killed people, you know? What are you going to do? Yeah, versus, like, in the, like, season one, she was so <laughs> sassy, and she still yeah. murdered people. Like, <laughs> you can do both. Get you a girl who can do both. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Box? Um. Was that your role take? <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to sum up my overall take. Um. They were, like, when I was watching it live, I know that there were things where I was like, ugh, come on. Um, but overall, I think I agree with Joe in that the, I like I like how this season is ramping up in the end. It doesn't feel like we're super spinning wheels the way that we have in the past few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice to see. Um, so while there's parts of this episode where I just, like, hated um there's also like the overall stuff i i did really like um so i would say like yes it was a good episode and like in terms of like bob's directing i thought he did a great job and i I didn't kind of notice it was like a an actor's direction in the sense that like he gave the actors time to like emote and Mm -hmm. really like have the moment to like do their best work i felt um like so he was like thoughtful of it from that perspective which was interesting and i think that that worked um and it didn't feel like a novelty actor directing. It felt like someone who actually knew what they were doing and did a good job. So I was actually kind of impressed um, with how well it turned out. I think that um, Ian did a great job too, but his episode was just a little bit more artsily shot than I'm into, I feel. Mm-hmm. So I felt this was more like tightened up and um, well composed. I don't know. So yeah, Bob's a direct way. 
Because <laughs> he's delicious. Yeah, I love how your note says, Bob is a good direct toy. <laughs> and, then, and then you just lift it there because it's like, it's true. Well, it was a typo. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, it's direct a typo toy. and it fucking stays. It's true, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good name for like a um, sex toy company. Direct toy? <laughs> or just erect toy? Um, erect toy. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Are you? So are you sorry? Toy? No. <laughs> Shaheen, how do you think about this episode? <laughs> That's what I said. So, I, I like the episode. Um, I've, I want to give a shout out to the um, good old intro sequence tidbit where you get shots of all these different locations of the world. And but the last one that you see is always the one that you start with. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys know that? Um, so you see, this is the has been true since season one, I believe. Like if you see the last thing, the last shot you see in the intro sequence is Mount Weather. Then the first scene of the that episode is going to be Mount Weather, and so on. Yeah, and so this time, for example, it was the last thing you saw was the anomaly, and you started with the anomaly. Um, right? I, d- I have that... noticed that in the past. I think sometimes, though, I didn't notice because it was like a mundane shot that we've seen a million times. So it did, I uh-huh. like wouldn't connect it because I'm like, okay, I've seen that a million times. Of course, it's in the intro sequence. But the times that like it's been <laughs> something like the anomaly, which is like very different for the show. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, this it's a th- they're themed in terms of like how yeah. it's going to start. Um, I like that they do that. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to that. Yeah. Just, you know, someone is making sure that happens. Thank you. <laughs> it's a fun little thing. Okay. Um, I'm also enjoying the, the sort of two world structure, the two environment structure of the show. We've always had this, you know, like. Oh, like inner and been... outer? Like Yeah, Psych, like it's mean? been the arc versus the ground or it's been, you know, grounders versus mount weather or it's been you know polis versus arcadia so it's always been like two scenes um and yeah i'm liking this this one um so yeah and it's kind of just one of those episodes where things unfold um and pay off and yeah cool i think it's well done i wish they had more budget to like do Bit more sh- shots, <laughs> uh, bigger shots with more things happening in them. What do you yeah. like? They could do a lot more with the anomaly. I think. Yeah, that's um, what I'm like waiting for. Like, and the, I, I put that in. My I think final you're notes. not gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna get like at the yeah. very, very, very end. Dios is gonna come yeah. out with a fully grown child and be like, "Hey, what's up, party people?" And I'm gonna be like, "God damn it! That's all I all I wanted was Dioza and the anomaly. Like, that's that's all I've wanted for the entire fucking season was honestly like Dioza and and Octavia." <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, doing their buddy comedy routine, um, which I thought mm-hmm. was great. So I'm hopeful that they'll get to bring back um, uh, Ivana for for next year. Um, yeah, same. Because I feel like we did not get nearly enough, <laughs> in my opinion. Anyway, yeah, I think the anomaly is going to be like the, the thing um, for next season. Agreed. Yeah, it's going to be like the alley nuclear meltdown reveal. It's going to mm. be the last. 
the second half oh by of the, the way end credits and that's it yeah yeah. I think so too, and I think it has to do with aliens because of that one scene in the intro where it's like, um, it looks like there's a oh shit, how, like a cloaking mechanism, and then the cloaking like disappears, and there's like a different thing underneath it. Hmm. I think that the aliens are hiding, and they've been hiding because like they're chill, everyone's just like peaceful, but now that like Earth crew is here and they're like blowing shit up. You know, the aliens are going to be like, God damn it, you guys. So, <laughs> and come in with Dioza through the anomaly. I gotta say, like, not no offense to the show. I don't know if I trust this show to actually do alien life, like alien alien, um, yeah. super well. Um, but I could, I, I could kind of see that the anomaly, similar to the expanse or something like that, is some sort of like a portal either like time or you know time and space like whatever like mm-hmm. i think i think that there's definitely something mm-hmm. hopefully maybe yeah mm. yeah so anyway do you want to get into the episode yeah okay um let's let's start with sanctum how about that okay so yeah we um i thought the chess scene was cliche as fuck <laughs> Like come on, the 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 demon playing chess. The, I mean, okay, whatever. Well, checkmate. the cops are cool. Like, but... never mind even that. Like, Jackson's a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I know that they're like making you know Jackson and Maddie. They have such a little relationship going on. Like, sorry, Jackson, you've been with Junkie Abby for a while. Like for six years in the fucking bunker, like the fact that he then like fell for Maddie's bullshit. I'm like, dude, you are a naive fucker. Um, and I, I know mean, that it was we're. A I know. Child. I mean, yeah, but crying for help. Okay, he, but he's we a also doctor. know. But we also know that she is possessed. So. I'm but just she's also herself sometimes, and. You, if she says she can't. I'm just saying, you know, own. Jackson needs to toughen the fuck up. <laughs> um, I will say this though, I like the shade had a scene. Uh, in so far as it shows that um Maddie has some agency, mm-hmm. that like they're debating it out in there. Um, you know, it's it's not like she's possessed, possessed like yeah. Um, exorcist possessed, like she's gone. You know, yeah. she's still like debating, but she she seems to like cater or um uh, cave to. She to feels like he's making a lot. lot of good points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe her judgment is not intact, but like she's still, she's has separate like a metaphysically separate agency there like is there otherwise there would be no like debate in there unless you i mean you could say part different parts of your own brain can debate each other yes but yes. like is is which part of whose brain like is it all shade hitta that has a little maddie part or is I, it maddie that has a little shade hitta part i really think that this is an elaborate metaphor for puberty like that's like that's that's a period real hard (laughs) yeah like this is this is you know maddie's about to maddie's about to become a woman and things are not going well for anyone around her she's turned into a demon she is turning into a demon only sometimes but 
you know, the demon is strong while, while it happens. I can um, see all the parents out there with teenagers just nodding along. Yeah, they're just like, mm-hmm. It does seem like the kid is full of a fucking demon. Yeah. Um, and I, I will I will, yeah. I will, will be done with this section for two seconds, but can we just talk about Shade Hedda's hair for a second? And how mm-hmm. it, he looks like a, like a 12-year-old girl who white girl who went to spring break with her parents in Jamaica and came back like with like just terrible fucking braids yeah and like where there's like chainmail rings in there like I'm just saying like it doesn't seem efficient um because you'd have to like redo the rings as your hair grew I have a lot of questions but I don't think I'm gonna get any answers about that yeah and how much does like his hood snag on those the little metal parts like that like that would just hurt and how did he lose an eye like, I just, I have a lot of, and I know it's so like the questions. eyes to make him like menacing or whatever. Like, ooh, somebody lost an eye and they don't even wear an eye patch because they don't give a fuck. Um, you know, because like, I feel like an eye patch gives you like distinction and being like, I lost an eye. Here's a thing that shows that I lost an eye, but I'm not going to make you look at my open eye socket. Like, you know, Shade Hedda is clearly like, I lost my eye and look, look at this empty space where it used to be. And you can kind of see some like claw marks or something like, mm-hmm. did, did Shade Hedda lose an eye to Pana? Like, I want, I want that backstory. <laughs> like, I'm not willing to just believe that Shade Hedda is, is is overall evil because i'm just thinking like all right so you killed a couple flame keepers but like let's just pump the brakes and like think about these flame keepers and they were like kind of shitty in some ways so maybe maybe shade Hunter was kind of justified and maybe it was just the creepy you know the creepy voice and the missing eye that everyone was like oh well he's fucking evil and you're like are you um anyway i'm just saying shade had a i you know i need more information i'm not gonna is this a labeling theory yeah i'm not gonna say shade had a did nothing wrong but i'm just gonna say we don't know that shade had a did everything wrong so Uh all right i'm done yeah we don't really have enough background but i do think like maddie is controlled by him a little bit because she even says like um she refers to herself as like a we Mm -hmm. so it's very much like two people in there um, yeah. I don't know, or it could just be a pompous teenager. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm or, kidding. It's yeah, so I mean, it could also be we the Earth people. I think it's supposed to be we as in her and Shadehead. I'm yeah. just being. I know, pedantic. I know, but like for someone else hearing, because like I was thinking, who thinks, uh, who does Russell think we means, and and I think he would think, oh, she means like all we, of the, the Sky Crew. Yeah, all of us, the the Earth Crew, or whatever. Um, but I see that you actually had a lot more to say about the chess imagery, Bob's, than, <laughs> than I did, because I just thought it was cliche because it's in every movie, but you have, like, a list of it happening oh. on this show, uh, right? Oh, shit. Goddamn. It's, well, it's, like, a imagery the show does a lot. Um, like, all the way back to season one, um, like, Clark and Wells' flashback starts with them over a game of chess. Um, and then we have um, Jaha when he's stuck up in space after he sent everyone down and like saved all their lives. Um, he's holding a rook, which I think was supposed to be like him remembering Wells. Um, and then there's another chess set in season three um, that's just in Arcadia. Um, I don't remember if people were playing or if it was just seen there. Um, and then... I, I don't remember in season four, but I'm sure it was somewhere. Um, and then I said, like, there, season five had no chess boards because it was a bad season. 
Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we're back to the chessboard. So it's for the show. It is. I mean, it is a cliched imagery, but for the show, it is like a trademark, I guess. And I did think that the chess set was cool. Like the, the props team did a yeah. props to the props team. Props, props. No, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to have a chessboard, that was a cool one to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wonder, I, um, as much as I love the list of, uh, the list that you've made <laughs> so meticulously, I wonder if this is any more than just like, because, like I said, every movie has a chessboard, you know, like people always show chessboard. Uh, they're like, we'll make like this it's supposed to be, we'll put a chessboard. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like, a uh, game where you're like um very strategically gaining advantage over someone or something mm-hmm. and like um you know what the fuck you're doing i don't know just like yeah. this image of like cool control and command of the situation or whatever and you checkmate the, the enemy which means like you corner them in a situation where they can't ex- escape and then it's just back. a metaphor so, for you know all of yeah. it all of it <laughs> um but yeah but yeah i mean there's the candles that is definitely a commander thing yeah i was like is this a commander thing or is this supposed to symbolize like flex is watching (laughs) (laughs) because you think if like you could be in the flame and just like make up your own reality because like it's your digital world basically wait so so the candles are lex's morse code it may be, I, that's what I was, I was like, I don't know, is it just a Stranger Things? things? Exactly. exactly. If it was up to me, I would make it a very cool modern place with, like, a snack bar. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, um, maybe it's just the candles are a grounder thing, because, you know, they don't have they electricity. They don't have technology. But, yeah, and then the you know, commander's chambers are always well lit. Why, why do you, you think, like, Lexa? they would have torches, but, like, sorry, what? Why, why do you hate Lexa? Is that, you know, you just, you're just poo-pooing all over, you know, Lexa's candles? <laughs> oh, is that, I had no idea, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'll, I'll cut this part out, because, like, we'll lose, like, 200 listeners. Um. <laughs> Bold of you to think we have 200. Um, so here's, here's my question, though, right? Like, uh-huh. so, so we have this, uh, this sort of one-dimensional big badness of Shade Hedda being like, you know, we're going to kill them all and get revenge and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I've never really understood the the, the villain motivation of kill everyone or um, destroy yeah. everything. You know what I mean? Where you're kind of like, wow, so you're the king of a smoldering trash heap. Like, well done. I've never kind of under, like, I want there to be <laughs> more sort of nuance um, with, with, evil yeah. motivation and i mean maybe it's possible that the reason why shade Hedda was seen as evil is because there wasn't that motivation it was just fuck everything i want to be in charge of everyone and you know everyone who doesn't bow down to me like dies but i kind of i just kind of wonder and also the fact that like maddie is sort of so i think this gets into that shade Hedda is possibly probably controlling maddie a little bit more than just being sort of a brain advisor um because i I feel like we at least kind of understood Maddie to be a little bit more measured, um, especially like having like grown up with Clark to see a lot more gray areas. So like kind of her being also gung ho about, you know, murdering everyone um, seems a little out of character. Mm -hmm. 
as yeah no i mean she originally she became more stoic when she um took the flame um yeah yeah she was subdued for a little bit and are we to believe that this has the control that she lost to the flame maybe um has to do with josephine waking her up mid meditation or whatever uh-huh. that was. No, I think you're definitely yeah. I oh, that it like glitched. Was, yeah, it, like, because broke down they. Barrier. Yeah, the I mean Gaia said as much. She said we shouldn't wake her up in the middle of communion with the commanders. Uh, that could damage her brain. So yeah, definitely, I think you're right. Not and this, that I trust Gaia to know much about the brain. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, no, they just know this within their like superstitious interpretation of it. Yeah. They know that you shouldn't do this. Um, they may not understand why, but like, yeah. That's, yeah, and they definitely said that with Josephine and Clark, right? So, that's interesting. It was very subtle, but yeah, I think, yeah. What do you think, yeah. Joe? Oh, um, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that was a thing, or do you think it's just the flame was seeping in? Um... <laughs> I mean, I, I could I could definitely see that, like, I think that there must have been some sort of a glitch because we didn't really, we got no, I mean, granted, not this show, like, would have known, you know, three seasons later, but we didn't really get any of that from Lexa. And so I kind of wonder if Shade Hedda was, like, quarantined down, like, the, the, like, the other commanders in the flame sort of quarantined him, and then maybe sort of the glitch that happened, or, you know, the degrading of the chip, I don't fucking know, like, whatever, whatever fucking schmience is happening, yeah. um, you know, is what kind of let him out, um, and made him, you know, sort of able to sort of reverse their position so that the other commanders are sort of behind some sort of a, a wall and, you know, he is able to be the only one interacting with Maddie. Yeah. Every person that puts in the flame is different. And it might be that one of the commanders in the flame just is able to speak specifically to that person better than the others. And so that's why um, with Lexa, if she it brought out something different than what it brings out of Maddie and so-and-so. And I think like, yes, like the Josephine waking her up compromised her more to have less control over who is communicating with her. I don't know. Yeah. Schmeitz. <laughs> no, I mean, this definitely consistent with what they've been saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think it, that moment was supposed to be important. I mean, time was spent on it and dialogue. Um, so I feel like that must have been important. So in a way, Josephine is like caused all of this, <laughs> um, with Maddie, um, which actually it, it kind of gets to the Riker or not Riker. Sorry. It gets to the Gabriel stuff, which we'll talk about later. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about the prisoners, um, there's I'm, so Gaia and Miller. And I'm glad that I'm glad that Miller, like you know, not being a Miller stan, and I'm not really a Max and Shipper at all. Like you guys have heard my sort of like <laughs> beefs with all this, but like I I appreciate that like Jared Joseph, um, you know, finally got like a line this season, um, <laughs> and I kind of I enjoyed their More little like. One 
Yeah, he got one line. Um, I I enjoyed their little team up. I thought that they like had sort of good. We we finally got a wow. I'm really fucked up from what we did eating. Ca- you know, eating people and fucking about and sort of Gaia. I don't know, like you know, it was great. Yeah, it was cute. Like she she held his face and told him that he was good and that he's okay and that everyone's <laughs> fucked up and you got to learn from your fuck ups. And I was like, well, that's just nice. And then he got to steal. And then he got to steal a knife, but it turns out extra sneaky. He did it for the wire. Um, once again, Sanctum guards are the fucking worst. Oh God, like holy best. shit. To be they fair, are- it was the cheese plate guy. I don't know. So if he not was not the highest tier. Um, <laughs> but like that was I. I uh, they are not two characters that are super on my radar, but I really appreciated them having that those moments in this episode i thought yeah i completely agree and it was one of those like i didn't know that i needed that scene but like Mm -hmm. those are the scenes that like the show misses a lot Mm -hmm. and like these characters like we don't we know about miller we know that he was a thief like that's come up before so to like reestablish this that this is like a facet of who he is because of what's happened to him um, it was great to revisit that, and then he ended up having a really great, like, on-screen chemistry with Gaia. Yeah. So that whole and, but, thing, but like, not sexily like, or anything. No, no, no. Like, it was just Bob like, directed them in such a way, and like framed it in such a way that yeah. it like gave them time to like. We we got to hang out with them. They sparkled together, and so yeah. when they like escaped together, like I could feel their glee, and I like was gleeful with them. You two um, were clicking your heels. Yes, exactly. So I thought that was just really great. <laughs> what about you, Shaheen? Did you did you have did you catch feels? Um, yeah. Uh, not to disagree with anything that you guys said. I I enjoyed that we spent time with the characters, and I totally agree. Like these are moments that um make everything else pay off. You know, <laughs> we like the the murders and massacres and genocides because we want to hear these things afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> exactly. um. Yeah, that's all good. But um, here's a question I have. So it seems like, you know how sometimes like people have narratives about what happened to them, but then when you look at the actual pattern of things, it just seems like there's there's a better explanation. Um, so like, it seems like they had six years to recognize and correct this quote mistake that Gaia talks about the mistake of going along with Octavio or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't. They had six years to do it and they didn't. But they realized that as soon as they got out of the situation, as soon as they got out of the bunker, they realized, what the fuck have we done? Um, So what does that tell you? That that says to me that... That, you know, that that kind of undermines for me that recognition of, oh, I did something wrong because that recognition would have meant a lot more if you could have have could have had it in the situation. And if you didn't, it was impossible for you psychologically to have it in the situation uh, or for anyone else who was in that situation, then that should also undermine any sort of negative judgment that you might have for them. Either way, right? So like it, either you have to not judge them as poorly for yourself as poorly because you know you were in a situation where psychologically that's what you've been compelled to do mm-hmm. or if you don't think so then you should have realized and corrected it before and so 
now that you're kind of you don't have to do it anymore and you're like oh yeah i did something wrong that kind of means less to me does that make sense yes but i also think like it's also telling us a lot about how (laughs) convoluted that situation was that they didn't really they lost perspective so like yes it would have been nice to like in the moment um be like oh this is wrong but like i think that they had moments where but they're like what else are we to do like either I die or like either there's an uprising and people die. Um, I mean, so it's like when they get out, it's like the trauma. It's it's not so much that they were complicit. I think it's the trauma of everything and having to live like that. And I think there is like incidental guilt involved. Are um, they still upset about the cannibalism or is it about the fighting pits after the cannibalism? Because here's I the thing. Every like, fucking here. episode we have this question. I Yeah, I have this question. Again, because, and like, this comes up with if, Bellamy too. Right? Like Bellamy's queen of the cannibals. It's like, hold yeah. on, sir. You can be pissed that she turned her like people into you know, murder for entertainment? Like, absolutely. Like, that's fucked up. But, like, the cannibalism was fully fucking justified. And so I'm just yeah, kind of again, like... Yeah, again, every time yeah. I have this question of, like, is the objection to the cannibalism itself or to the manner in which it was executed or whatever, things surrounding it. Um, and like, it seems, every time it seems like it's just the cannibalism itself. Which makes they no sense. Just, they just think it was wrong to eat humans. And I'm going to go with... Moral particularism. Fucking prudes. <laughs> you know, Sorry. I don't like that because I, I agree that it's the cannibalism part. It's like what, what Octavia did to get people to be like, okay, I guess we have to cannibal. Fine. Like that was violent. It was disturbing. It was, it was, it was peak Octavia in terms of like shortest fucking not finessed route. Yeah. Um, but also high blame on Yeah. Kate. I mean, it's also, high I think it's totally unnecessary. Kate. Yeah. I think it was also unnecessary because you what, could have just said No, the killing people. Yeah. Right. To get them she to could eat. have taken the time to be like, so listen, if you don't and other people don't, everyone dies. So I get that you yeah, are no, morally here's the thing. fucking opposed, there's, but Yeah, there's no reason everyone has to die at all because here's the thing, if you're not gonna eat people, you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. So how about we put you to rest and we eat you? Well, but then, then you know, does it get into the fact that you're then murdering them because you don't want them to go, lo- per Abby's thing, you don't want to let them go long enough to starve to death because it'll be fucking ugly. And so right, it's right. like, okay, fine. If you don't want to, if you don't want to participate, then you also become the food. Like, yeah. Right. I don't think it's choice. murder because I think they would go along with it voluntarily because they're like, hey, I can't bring myself to do this thing. But my friend, my brother can, mm-hmm. and, and people um, would do it for their children, like the culling. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, "Okay, I can do it." So, and I'm either gonna starve, or they're gonna put me to rest peacefully. Um, why not just die now? And then they have also they also have food. Like I think the vast majority of the the rebellers, whatever the people who didn't want to eat. The vast majority of them would go along with this. It just makes sense to me. I don't know. Octavia did not have the the finesse to be able to, you know, she didn't she didn't handle it super well. She handled it effectively, but she didn't handle it super well, but like fine, like whatever. But again, like the fact that we still keep on having this debate of like, 
are people really mad about the cannibalism? What would you have had them do? Is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm tired that the show doesn't let the characters sort of realize that. And maybe it was just Bellamy, like, being a dick because he has been recently a dick, so that was an easy, low-hanging fruit, even though he would have done the same thing in the yeah. sense of, like, he, st- he would have eaten people. Like, yeah. wh- what do you expect? Like, it's not like they did it because, like, it was fun. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, they had it on, they had some sort of, like, a collective trauma about it on our, on the arc. Yeah. Right? Where they, they had a whole situation with that. Um, so maybe it's just something that in their collective consciousness or unconsciousness is just like a very heavy thing. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm just becoming more and more convinced that yes, the, the writers want us to think that the objection is to the cannibalism itself. And, um, I'm just gonna think that I just think that it's not based on any principle. It's not derived from any like moral theory and we're just trying to reason it in a way that is not how they're arriving at this they just think this is just wrong they just perceive it as wrong and they're not gonna it's not a matter of like hey what about the consequences or whatever right Mm -hmm. um they just think it's just wrong um which is unfortunate by the yeah, and I mean, you could say, well, one way, if this is kind of like the classic example where you can always make any decision rational by adjusting the utility function. So you can just say they just don't think that humanity surviving um, is always, always outweighs everything else. Um, they think that there are situations where it's just not worth it, like the the amount of value they get out of humanity existing at that cost is just not great enough for them um, compared to the cost. So they just think, yeah, in that situation, you should let everyone die. Who said that you should save humanity at, at any cost, right? So you can always make it rational if you accept that principle. But, I mean, we just kind of assume that that's a given that you want to save people. Also, can I just point out the fact that every fucking time we're like, well, let's start with this section because we don't have anything to say. <laughs> and then, like, we have made it through two bullet points. And yeah, no, actually, we, we can. We, yeah, I think we're making progress. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, so I think the objection is to the cannibalism. But either way, even if it's just to the cannibalism, let's, let's just take that for granted. I still feel like if you thought it was wrong, you had like when I don't know when the dark year started. Was it like the third year? Second, second year. The second year. I think it was the second. Yeah. So yeah, they they and I don't know how long it lasted. Were they still eating people towards the end? No. I don't know. Um, no, I think they so whatever. Like actually got the the soybeans going, but I mean that's the thing. Like not to be whatever. If they were using the fighting pits and then not eating the people, I'm like really like that's kind of that's (laughs) also a waste like like if you're gonna again if you're gonna have like a if you want to have like a big strong army of warriors for when you guys get out of the bunker animal protein is probably pretty you know helpful in that but you know fuck me for being a nutritionist (laughs) yeah but so anyway i was saying like they had a few years to realize whatever they're realizing now um whether it's about the cannibalism itself or going along with uh they had several years to realize this, that this is wrong, and to 
to bail out of it and they didn't so now that they got out of it and they're suddenly realizing it it means less to me you know it's just to me it's like oh okay that's kind of convenient like you now that you don't die you're like oh shit what i did was wrong I mean, I think that there's a certain amount of self-preservation, though. Like, they were in a position of, if you don't go along with this, you're going to die. And, you know, sort of this, like, group think that's happening. And so I I fully understand what they, why they went along with it, kind of, and it's a fucked up thing. Um, And I would have gone along with it. Yeah, but I do, I do appreciate this scene that we got where we actually No, yeah, this is not, nothing against the scene or, yeah. I'm just saying, and I'm saying this is probably what would have happened to a lot of humans. Yeah. I'm just like, this is, yeah, I mean, a lot of, after a lot of um, catastrophes, genocides, and so on, this is what happens. Like, it seems like it was a an extended period of collective dissociation mm-hmm. um, where, like, you know, you can look at whether, you know, genocides during World War Two or... Um, the Rwandan genocide or whatever it was like three months of people just being in this altered state of mind where they thought it was cool to kill uh, everyone of a certain group mm-hmm. um, and you know this and this some in some cases they're you know their rel- relatives or neighbors or friends or whatever um, and I, in the case of the Rwandan genocide, they were actually also getting drunk. Um, so that played a role, but like, yeah, but yeah, this is kind of like lasted six years <laughs> and then they came out of it and yeah. Anyway. A lot of processing um, to do. Can we talk about the short guard for two seconds? Oh my God. <laughs> so I immediately texted Bubs while I was watching this because I mean, we've seen Jade throughout this whole fucking series, but she's always outside of the gates. And so I feel like they always have her like standing like slightly on a hill whenever she's interacting with anyone. A mountain, maybe? Maybe. Like, I had no idea that Jade was like four feet tall. And like tiny. She is a tiny, like she barely comes above Murphy's shoulder. And I have stood next to Richard and Richard is not a large man. Like she is... A tiny person. And I, Are I you just being heightist? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not being heightist. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying, how the fuck did I never goddamn notice that? It, it was jarring. I'm with Joe because I was like, oh my God, right? Because no one said anything. And I was like sitting there like, oh my God, why is she so tidy? She's like she like, walked so into the room and I was like, did they fucking shrink her? Like, is she on a blue screen and they're like doing like Hobbit technology so that she's proportional, but like, like, you know, one fifth yeah. the scale of like, you know, a reg- an average human. It was so confusing and I'm still confused by it. I legit thought she was 5'8". Like, right? legit thought she was 5'8". Like, not just, like, average height, like, tall. Like, tall. <laughs> like, I mean, and maybe that's a testament to the actress's, you know, presence. But, like, even yeah. her scenes even her scenes with Echo a few episodes ago when they were in the woods. Like, I never got... And and, and Tassie's a, a giant. Like, Tassie's a fucking giraffe of a lady. And, like, they always have her in boots. So you're like, oh, you guys are the same, you know, six foot five at this point. No. Yeah. This girl, like... It, it, she is not tall. She is not able to ride any of the rides. No, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, I love that. Six Flags is not fun for her. But I am also so confused. And like nothing against the actress. Like I, I like the character. I like the actress. I just had no fucking idea 
that she was 90 pounds and like, you know, barely able to see over a yardstick. Yeah, she, it was like really, it, I guess like it would have been fine if we knew at this point and it is fine, but it was yeah. just like shocking. Like how did um, I not notice this? Exactly. And so that was just like a really funny moment accidentally in the scene when she comes in. Um, is this partly because the other guy was huge and so next no, to her? Because next well, to so him. she's next yes. to Kind Murphy. of. Well, no, no. So when she came in after the other guard, like into the into the prisoner's room, I was like, that's when I first was like, is she really fucking tiny? And then I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, maybe that other dude's big. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, when we when we get to see Murphy um, talking with Russell and she's standing next to Murphy, I was like, oh, no, she is a she is a tiny little person. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so then that's when I was texting Bubs being like, <laughs> what the actual fuck? How did we not know this? Yeah. Yeah, and also, again, with the Sanctum Guards not being great, um, she has not proved herself to be an amazing fighter or tactician or kind of ineffectual repeatedly, and she's super small. I'm like, these Sanctum Guards, man, like, wow. Like, never mind nulls. Like, the issue is an overall larger problem with their gene pool in terms (laughs) of, like, just if, if you're using the best of the best to be the guards for the primes like this is sort of sad because they are bad at their jobs <laughs> yeah anyway I'm well done she with did she knocked someone out in this one so like good job good job well there she are tiny right. people who can kick your ass you know yeah, yeah no the, it, but she has repeatedly been shown to be not that great at her job oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it just makes it more yeah. humorous um <laughs> Yeah, but otherwise, I agree that she's been, like, a good character and yeah. has great hair and is pretty, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do not mind looking at her. I'm just very confused by the perspective. Yeah, exactly. Um, But also in that scene, now that we're there, oh, crap, it was one of my well actuallys. Oh, whatever, I'll say it now because it makes more sense. Why is Echo in the guard uniform? When did that happen? When? She so when in that hallway scene where Jade comes in, uh huh, um, and then this is after um, Echo has been captured and she's in there and she's in a guard uniform, and I, it makes me think like a huge chunk of story, and I think it was with Jade was cut out. Maybe and so I that's why there's these like... weird things like Jade was left by the tree. We never saw that get mm. resolved, and she's still alive, obviously. Yeah, and like then... how did Jade get away from being eaten by the trees? Ex- well, so quote unquote, and you had to learn this on Twitter. Um, for fuck's Echo sake. went back for her, but we never, <laughs> but we never fucking saw that. But we never saw it, so it's like it's not canon. That's not yeah. canon. She anyone I... could have released her. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely feel like, felt like something was cut out from the Echo sequence. Because, like, yeah, like, we saw her with Gaia, and they were trying to shoot Simone. And then, and then shit went down, and whatever. I know we didn't see what happened. We just saw that Gaia got arrested. Yeah. And then... Didn't see what happened with Echo. Yeah, we don't. And know you're how saying her clothes changed captured. from then to now. Um, I have to go back. I meant to go back and check. Um, and I have. Hold on, I have screen caps open, so I can tell you really quickly. Um, we'll keep talking and I'll keep looking. But um, 
Yeah, and the, the other thing that makes, so there's all of that. I didn't even think about the Gaia part. I was like, I guess she got captured, and I guess that's what we're supposed to think. But, like, yeah, it's not normally yeah. you would see the sequence of events for something like that. Like, how did she yeah. get captured? Whatever. Um, And the other thing was when Jade walks, or no, when Jade is in that hallway in this scene that I'm talking about where Echo is wearing the guard uniform, um, and Russell is saying that he's... um going to make her a host um jade has like a reaction to it or something and like at this point they really haven't had any like relationship building scenes to warrant that kind of reaction which they could have like that maybe got cut because like that wouldn't be exactly. an, uh, an unreasonable because i feel like they're setting up jade to betray she's going to be a sanctum guard who will yes. not give her life for the primes i think i feel very confident in saying that that like which is going to bite me in the ass, but like that I think that of, of the sanctum guards to turn against the primes, I think that we've spent enough time with her that she is going to be the one to do that. Mm -hmm. um, if any do, but yeah, the fact that we didn't really get any of that. Mm. Yeah. It's confusing. And yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, it's like, I'm torn because you, you guys know that Echo's not my favorite character. No. Um, so I'm, I'm happy oh, really? that we don't, have, <laughs> uh, I'm happy that we're not like spending time on that, but at the same time, like telling the guard's story, um, of going through being so devout and believing this and slowly having her world shattered is a really great story to tell. Um, so from that perspective, it's unfortunate that we don't get that side of it because everything's very much prime focused. Um, and, and it's one of the things I think that Mount Weather did really well in that, like with Maya, we had like insight into just like a regular person. And then when all like her bonsai is being traumatic, um, when all of her friends and family helped hide the delinquents like that was also like another great moment so i don't know if we're building up to something like that but we're just we're not getting the insight um that i feel that we should be getting for that which is sad yeah <laughs> well, um yeah it seemed a little um cut out cut down whatever <laughs> yeah um but yeah um so i guess russell executes or orders um echo to be executed and then he makes a deal with murphy um mm -hmm. so i don't get russell i mean the sort of question Russell's you had about shane Hedda, that's what it i kind of have this more about russell like are we supposed to think that like because like usually there is no one on this has rarely been any sort of quote villain on the show that's like just some dude who just wants to kill everyone like you're saying um there have been sometimes cases like that like mccurry maybe and then like but this season we have shade hitta and then russell is like i don't like there's always been a perspective from which you could understand like i understood um wallace mm -hmm. uh you know i i understood um dante wallace and i, I understood cage wallace too I thought Cage Wallace was like a little fuckboy. Um, <laughs> well, he was a little overboard, but like I get his perspective too. That he had, a, you know, Pike had a perspective. Like everyone who we thought was like we weren't rooting for, they still had a perspective. With 
Russell, I kind of, the only thing I can think of is like, this is just a different planet and it's just different morality, like kind of like Rick and Morty type of thing, like where they go to another planet and they're like, we're not going to mess with their morality because they just think completely differently. Um, And so, (laughs) like, I feel like, I don't know, Russell is, is he supposed to be a hypocrite? I don't know. His Yes and no. He has some kind of morality. But I get it. it. To me, it makes sense because he he did build this. Like, to me, honestly, the worst thing he's done is create this fake religion around him and his people and have these pseudo-slave. Like, to me, that's the horrible part. Um, but, like, from his perspective, he also, like, it's peaceful. Everyone's fed and clothed. Like, there is a utopic element to what they built. And so he, by doing something that yes i think like in this sense it's correct the different um, morality of this planet um he skipped the line you know josephine wasn't supposed to be the next person to become a host and in skipping that line um he's created all the things that are going on right now yeah um and so from his perspective he's at fault he did this to his people he broke everything so now he has to make it right and so that's to me what he's doing. That's what all of this has to do with. Um he's trying to get his his family back, which are the primes, and he's trying to restore order. And that um and that has to do with getting rid of all these people who are challenging their way of life. I, I also think that Riker sort of outlined it very well, you know, that we'll mm-hmm. see later on where, you know, he was he was kind of like, you know, listen, like yeah, like, all of these people are my people, but also, like, the real my people are my family, like, the primes that he has been moving through time with, and he will do anything to protect them, and also being, like, you know, if there's a war, if there's bloodshed, like, the people who are sworn to protect us will die, and I don't want that to happen, and, like, so, you know, he's kind of this, like, he has this sort of like morality, sort of this universal morality to a point, And then he becomes extremely like partialist. Um, but, you know, from his perspective, you're like, okay, well, this kind of makes sense. You know, would you kill one person to stop a war? And okay, like, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that has gone on. But like, if you break it down that way, like, fine, I get that. But I think that Russell's issue, of course, is that he hasn't had to be any sort of brilliant tactician forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he is used to just whatever he says and happens and goes, you know, exactly according to plan because no one has ever like really challenged him for a couple hundred years. And so you have, you know, this, you know, sky crew comes in or earth crew, whatever, and fucks all of his shit up. And he is just reacting like all of his plans are kind of shitty and he doesn't think ahead of time. He thinks that he's thinking ahead of time, but he's really not doing a good job with it. So yeah, he jumped the line, fucked everything up with 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 uh, Josephine and Clark, pissed off Earth crew. He claimed that they're murderers and stuff and then are like, yeah, but let's just piss them off anyway. And you're like, buddy, buddy, not not the move. Like you yourself said that they burned their last planet to the ground. Like you you, you poked the wrong bear bud um so russell yeah, is um, kind of dumb yeah <laughs> speaking of riker thesis. yeah <laughs> that's a good thesis i speaking of riker um i had questions about both about the mechanics of what he was predicting 
and also about the morality of it. So okay, okay. I wasn't sure. So what what is what is the scenario that he was saying would happen if he didn't kill Echo? What is he saying would happen if he didn't kill Echo? If he let Echo go, he was saying something about there would be a lot of deaths somehow, right? And now. What is Echo gonna do? Like Echo's argument was, look, there's a, the word is already out. People already know your truce. They they already know that you were fucking with them this whole time. And you murdered their family, um, and so it's gonna spread. And there's gonna be chaos anyway. Um, but he was, what was he saying? I think he was saying that he is reestablishing um, or reinforcing the 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 religion basically by having echo become a prime um i think it's supposed to just be a boost and everyone's believing it and then calming the uprising which then it wouldn't be like a civil war is um, what i and what can echo do to make it a civil war like, can continue yeah. to tell everyone yeah but like the there are like she said twenty or thirty people already know. I mean, um, I think that she was at like I don't know if they actually do, but I think that she's estimating that like news has spread and that his. And how it, many people even fucking live? Like, it looks like two hundred people tops, yeah. um, right? So like, <laughs> yeah, ten percent of them already know. I, I don't. Know, I don't get Riker's argument, and then I also have question about morality of it, like. It's like you were saying, Joe, is like killing one person to stop a war. But, okay, but stop a war against a horrific, unjust system, right? This is like someone who killed someone to stop the civil war, which was, you know, yes, it was a war. A lot of people died, but it was to, you know, yeah, it was against the system that we think was worth overthrowing. Um, So... It's not necessarily just, like, body count. I don't know. Um, I think he's yeah. thinking... I think, yeah, he's thinking in this specific moment. So, for... He, like, so, yeah, I think I, I think it's right to question whether that's actually true, whether saving um, her or killing her would mean that people aren't going to die. But I, I think, like, he is thinking short-term. And then it's true. I think the Civil War thing is a great way to compare it because obviously the whole thing was whether we should have continue having slaves or not and and they do have a society that's very much a class system um yeah caste caste system yeah um yeah definitely yeah so it was they're on thin ground let me just say the sanctum people the primes are kind of they're they're trying it seems like they're giving them a moral position like they always do to every character whether they're on our side or not whatever um but there there's it's very thin their arguments are i guess yeah Yeah. but i think you're supposed to understand um like i would totally resurrect my family if i could Um, so from that perspective, I'm like, yeah, I can see. Yeah. Okay. I can see them like protecting that. Um, but it's still wrong. I don't know if I spent 200 years with my mom, 
if I still want a resurrection. <laughs> You're I like, mean, you know what? That's I... enough. <laughs> yeah, I need help for like 24 hours. So, so, so here's kind of my, like an issue that that I have. So, so there's a, there's a book series that I think that I've talked about and recommended on the show called Wool. Um, well, that's like one of them, and then the idea, like, so fuck. Oh, I, don't I, spoil it because oh. I finally. I, I, I can I can like take my headphones off for like two seconds. Um, <laughs> I finally bought the physical book because I I just was having trouble getting th- the audio book is so bad like it's oh, like it. it's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. So I finally bought the actual physical book because I am committed to reading it. So well, okay. So this this is also like an idea that like you know um, that altered carbon or something played with, but but that that I think wool did in, in a really interesting way. Um, and I'm just talking about moving through time where instead of sort of resurrecting everyone at all times, um, you actually like kind of cycle it. So like these people are awake for this amount of time. And then, you know, then, you know, when their shift ends, they wake up, you know, the next people in line and then, you know, they're awake and stuff like that. And so I like I can't help but think that like if they had gone sort of that way, that maybe things wouldn't be so creepy um with sanctum Mm -hmm. like if that makes sense like because basically they have like 24 7 gods living among them all the time versus like or or even they did it in underworld i want to say that they had like what three sort of ancient vampires and like only like maybe one or two were alive at any other time and then like you know eventually every 200 or 400 i don't even remember like number of years like they go back to sleep and then another one wakes up um I feel like Russell should be fucking asleep. Like, he does not do a good job. He's not good at what he does, yeah. He's not. He thinks he is. And it's sort of like, I think that that sort of at least gives you some sort of sense of mortality. Not even that you're gonna, you know, because you, you, you have an end point for this sort of period of your life. And once you don't, you know, and Russell's about to, like, wake up Simone again, theoretically, in Echo's body, and so he doesn't have, none of them have any sort of concept of what actual death is like, um, and I feel like if they had had some sort of a system where only some of them were alive at, at a certain point, you at least get sort of, like, a sense of a lifetime, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you uh-huh. can then, like... But isn't that already kind of how it is? Like, I thought that when they die, they go back in line, right? And it takes a while for them to be resurrected. So, I mean, I get... But I, I wonder how long that is. Um, yeah, it seems like it depends on how, how many, many bloods they hosts have. are around. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if we have enough hosts, we'll resurrect everyone right now. But, like, yeah. I think that's exactly <laughs> right. So that's why they had to do turn system, because they stopped They having, don't have enough. Yeah. They started running out. Yeah. But... Why don't (laughs) why don't I mean and we brought I brought this up on a different one like so you have these night bloods and they just keep waiting for more hosts to be born why don't the primes have babies yeah it's question the genetics of it are very questionable like because the odds are probably pretty good right like that like two night bloods might make another night blood like the odds are better I'm guessing than just one being born anyway so. If it's Mendelian, it's guaranteed. Just saying. But if it's, it doesn't have to be Mendelian. But yeah, it's definitely more like. Is it because they don't want to be attached to people they can't resurrect? Like I don't. I, I agree that it. Makes yeah, I mean, if it's their own child, are they gonna? Are they gonna be wanting to? Well, I mean, them if they're them? able to sort of like 
look at, you know, everyone else's meat, fine. You get to have a Nightblood baby. You do not get to raise that Nightblood baby. Maybe they go and live, you know, somewhere else. Just release them into the society. Yeah. It does slightly kind of go against, because, like, they are so absorbed in their own, like sort of closed off family like i'm i'm even calling shenanigans on murphy believing that he would act that that russell would actually allow two fucking new randos into their quote-unquote god family like <laughs> i i hard side eye at russell meaning that and murphy believing that i feel like they're gonna have to create like a demigod category the lessers um, you don't get to live gonna, on olympus like, <laughs> yeah I think this is how a lot of demigods were created. It was like when one culture, tribe, or whatever took over another one, their gods kind of merged. And then sometimes there would be like the local gods would be like, okay, these are also there, but you know, they're kind of on the second floor or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, primes don't make sense. Just. <laughs> Yeah. The end. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, so I was just agreeing, I guess, that they could have babies and just release them and just not care and be like, yeah, I don't I have no attachment. You want hosts. This, this is kid. how you get some no, fucking right. hosts. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wish yeah. they'd address um, it in the show because right? it's like a glaring question. Like yeah. if you're moving through time, maybe your job before you go back to sleep or wake up another one like you have to raise this kid for 21 years and then you go to sleep knowing that one of your other you know homies is gonna go into your kid's body like yeah that might make you fucking pause for a hot minute and you know double you know extra think about whether or not this was something that you wanted to continue doing Mm. yeah but if you wanted to live enough i guess you would right like if you're that much of a piece of shit i guess (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, bears eat their babies. <laughs> I mean, lots of animals eat their babies, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think people probably eat their babies if... I mean, there are those to. weird moms who eat placentas. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, I forget what I was going to say. Um, let's just talk about Echo. Okay. <laughs> Speaking Ash. of eating placentas... <laughs> Asho, Asho, Asho. So wait, so her real name is Ash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the the original Echo. Can we just say the original Echo looked more like that was the problem exactly like which I see the grown up Echo. Yeah. Which I guess that was the whole. It was like they were like messing with us, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be a bait and switch, but at the same time, you're like, you can't cast someone that looks exactly like (laughs) who you want us to think, and then cast someone else who fucking doesn't. Like the other girl looked nothing like her. Nothing. You could not get echo from that girl. And so, like, Like, I she was paler, right? She was well. The eyes were wrong. The everything about her was wrong. Everything. And and so, like, hair color. Like, on the one hand, like, if they had made Ash, you know, if the actress who had played original Echo had played Ash, obviously we wouldn't have fallen for this, like, ooh moment. But, so I'm sorry, you just don't get to cast the girl who looks exactly like Echo. I'm sorry. Like, that just (laughs) doesn't fucking work. Yeah, it it just made a, a, well, which was already, like, pretty ridiculous backstory, even more, like, cartoonish. Like, 
Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, you kill someone and you take on their character and their, and their looks. How about, all right? Like, she was so, <laughs> she was so guilty about that this she that became... she started over time looking like Echo. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you hated that backstory, Bubs. I did not hate that that backstory story. Like, I think that that was like a fine thing. Like, I loved seeing uh, Brenda Strong again as Nia. Like, great, awesome. Uh-huh. She was great. Another she cameo was great. that they. She's always stuff. great. Yeah, right. That part. Such good cameos. But this was not the story to do it because it was just such a tiny flashback to get us to the point of Echo just stabbing Riker without like any preamble i didn't need that preamble i knew echo would have done that you know what i mean like i didn't need to know that story to convince me that echo's a hard bitch no we know she is we already know it gave us nothing new apart from it i guess she was somebody else which which for me i'm like okay so she went on echo's mission and took the name echo because obviously they're expecting an echo but what she comes back and she's like no keep calling me echo like wow what like (laughs) that doesn't make any sense like obviously she would come back and and everyone would call her ash because everyone back there knows that she is you know it's just it was just well to be fair echo's (laughs) a pretty cool name but i'm just saying i didn't didn't mind go ahead I didn't, sorry, I didn't think that was the point of the Echo story, um, to justify Echo stabbing Riker. Um, I thought that the point of the Echo story was that it was a parallel to Riker's situation. Because Echo was saying that Russell is giving you this mission to kill me as a loyalty test. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, like, that's how I read it. Even before Echo said it, like, I was like, oh, Russell is just trying to see if Riker is on which side Riker stands. And so, um, so Echo was saying, I guess the point of the story was when you're given, if you're offered to kill a friend as a loyalty test, don't do it. Um, (laughs) But, But they're not friends. Yeah, but they knew each other, right? They worked in the workshop together. For like a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I yeah. guess not a faceless enemy, like because yeah. Echo, because because original Echo had the chance to kill a faceless enemy and she hesitated. So mm-hmm. guess what fucking happened? It like ended up being worse for her, mm-hmm. and she died <laughs> as a result of it. So don't fucking hesitate and just stab he, someone. But well, like so then Riker took the wrong lesson because he should have just killed her because then she <laughs> killed him. Kind of. <laughs> like what? I, I don't. It well, here's the sense. thing, though. Killing Riker is not real, ki- really killing, right? Because he will be in the chip. Well, it depends. Maybe she decapitates him, takes the chip, and breaks it. Like, I, you well, know. Yeah, but we didn't see that. Like, killing no. the body is not... Because she even said that before, right? She was like, she well, that was a murder, guy. right? That's still a, a crime. That is a crime. crime. <laughs> he already lost Beefcake Kane. Like, yeah. I'm still upset about Beef Kane. Like, I am still upset about that. Here's the thing. If you get into a new body and you think it's wrong or whatever, don't waste the body. Like, just let some other chip go into it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Let let them put someone else's chip in there, right? So So rude. 
Just someone that hot. Like, that's just... Yeah, don't waste the hot body. I love your partialism, bubs. Like, I'm just saying, like, he wasted, he wasted it, you know, someone. And you're like, yeah, mainly it was hot, and he wasted the sexiness. And yeah. this show is lacking in sexiness, so you're offended. I'm offended. And yes. so, so yeah, so she kills the, the, the last Sanctum hot guy, and it's just rude. <laughs> um, yeah. But Here's so, yeah, I agree that it was kind of a, um, um, kind of a, not a strong enough, not a strong reason for a telling that like story. That? Yeah, like yeah. it was kind of an excuse to tell us this backstory for Echo. Um, but Which I think we, that we was the parallel that was it. supposed to be. <laughs> we could have had that backstory in any other context in like a different episode, not necessarily even one this season, but like this. The result of it, we didn't need that for the resolution that we got. Like, I didn't need, it I didn't gratuitous. need more context. Um, I didn't mind the backstory. Like, that's like, that's a harsh fucking lesson and great, but that's not what we needed right there. Like, I would have just believed Echo just stabbing a dude and been like, you hesitated, pussy. Like. Yeah, I mean, know? she was also <laughs> stalling. I mean, maybe we, I mean, she could have just told the story. Um, or just not even had to say. Yeah, anything. but I love Brenda Strong, so like, let's just pump the brakes on not showing us an actual flashback. Like, give me Brenda Strong. Being- well, but no, no, I, that's what I'm made saying. It, like, though something useful or like some because like now, I, I, is it just are we just supposed to take from it that nobody actually knows Echo? Like, n- no one in space actually not even Bellamy. Her? Yeah, in in that like she is now been turn to be like hesitate and you die so now is she going to like have a turn back to like ground echo echo? like terrorist echo yeah like i don't know i don't think so i don't think so either because yeah jason loves echo so much (laughs) which is why we got this gratuitous backstory that didn't even like add anything i was saying that she's just uh for one thing she's trying to stall Riker because she she was told Murphy told her that they're coming for her um and B is um she, she was trying to tell Riker you know don't do this because you end up like me um you know, but she you... killed him anyway so it didn't even matter like I, don't I mean think I that's... think I think the stalling yeah. is 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 where it's at like she was using every available tool and so she told a slightly relevant story um I don't see how like, her, her killing other... him undermines that, though. Like, no, what? I mean, she's trying to appeal to like his better nature just to kill him. Well, um, she and the other didn't... thing was like, other characters didn't need a flashback to stall. How many times has Clark successfully stalled? A lot of times without <laughs> needing a flashback. Well, um, so he didn't take it though that he right he didn't take the lesson like he still tried to kill her so she appealed to his better nature but he uh his better nature wasn't appealed to but isn't um, it that you and he needed to be compromised by other people's actions i mean he needed to be deactivated and that's how i think it like killing a, a prime is like deactivating them Right, um, because he was going to be trouble. So, I mean, they would have either had to like tie him up and whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, sexual chemistry issues aside. <laughs> what? Um, 
Like, cause you're saying he's hot and like, oh, yo, you hate Echo, but like, yeah, I I'm not a fan. I I think she's a garbage <laughs> character. As if anyone's listened to our podcast, but that's just my opinion. And what are you gonna do? Who like her? Um, but yeah, I think I was saying that like as far as stalling, I think it would have made more sense if she just like monologued the story. But I would rather see a flashback than hear a monologue but then again when you make it a flashback it kind of has to be have more relevance or importance than this i don't know so yeah i mean it basically was like to me i was like oh i just watched like a young farmer on a farm killing their first calf like (laughs) (laughs) because like you know look at luna had to kill her own brother like and, like, I saw someone kind of, like, say, oh, but that's, it's because it she was, like, a, a gonna be a commander or blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Echo was brought up in Asgeta. Like, it's not different that, like, the environment around her um, led up to that situation. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I think from, definitely from that perspective, it was, like, a classic grounder story. It was nothing, like, shocking in that regard. They, yeah. Tra- they, yeah. they trained their kids from a very young age. How old were they? Like, 12? Thereabouts. Um, yeah, like, like they from looked, that age they, to be... they, Yeah, I think that they were kind of as old as Maddie was last year, though it's kind of awkward when you cast kids who are going, like, who are still, you know, early teens, because Maddie looks super different in this season than she did last season, because, yeah. you know, she is growing into a, a young woman, even though, what, like, a month is supposed oh, to pass? I hope she's not... I, I don't think Lola listens to us, but if she does... No. You are still a little girl. Nobody <laughs> called you a woman. Don't worry. I about said it. young woman. No, it's no. I remember being traumatized. Oh, by and someone anyone. said you were a young woman. Yes, it so is sort like, of no, a whore. I am a girl. I am a girl. <laughs> I am a girl, not yet a woman. It, it wasn't until like literally like last year where someone called me a woman. I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't sting anymore. <laughs> when I get mammed like by the children at the grocery store while they're bagging my groceries, and I'm like, oh, I mean, fine. Meanwhile, they've just carded me. I'm like, wow, still got it. Choose one. Choose. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say one thing about gratuitous? Yeah. Okay. This show has been. There has not been enough gratuitous for people who enjoy ladies. Um, you got Beef Cane, you got Riker. Like, Beef Cane was allergic to shirts. Like, you got Riker. Like, I, where, where, where is, where is the, the, the eye candy for me and Shaheen? Where, where is it? Um, I guess you got, like, Good Earth Cleavage. I mean, <sighs> Listen, like the last good that we Josephine had took her was shirt Harper, off. like w- was was the acid yeah, raid yeah. scene with Harper in season four. Like that was that was the last like really good like gratuitous, and well, I'm just upset. Is are the Real Housewives of Reno not enough for you? <laughs> AKA, I'm talking about Raven and Echo. <laughs> yeah, no, I I got that. I got that Sephora crew. Um, all right, yeah. I, that, I just wanted to have that rant because you know we got Beef Cane for like two episodes. That's fair enough. And what do I get? Huh? Yeah, I mean, to your credit, this episode, like, Tasia didn't look like a 12-year-old who went through a New Jersey Sephora unattended. So. No, no, they actually, I was actually kind of really surprised at how fucking unflattering the lighting was for her. 
Um, that was a choice, Bob. <laughs> um, um, but like, honestly, like, which finally, I, after finally, a season, also fucking after, finally. You know what? Like, it's like, yeah, it was unflattering, but like, it's I, it's hard for me to speak because I'm not a fan of the character. But I understand, like, it's hard to look at yourself when you don't look your best. But this show has never done that before. Like, the show has, like, Clark's looked pretty in season one, like, before, like, Earth happened. But there's never been, like, a character that's, like, super done up the way that it has been this season. And even, like, last season a little bit. Um, So it was nice to return back to characters looking raw because I, I honestly think it makes the acting come through better yeah um no not I, I appreciated that it was just by, like, sort why, of different wondering why they're so getting. painted up yeah yeah anyway well i um, maybe bob I saw the else. issue of them looking like sephora crew it was like yeah. actually let's have this be a little bit more realistic yeah so <laughs> echoes and night blood now and gaia was moist about it what what are our thoughts on like the purpose of making her a nightblood story wise? Like, what do you think is going to happen from that? Maybe Echo takes the flame and she and Clark start to bang. Is that okay? No. <laughs> well, you know, listen. Echo you didn't want her with Bellamy. You don't want her with Clark. I don't know what to tell you. She doesn't deserve either of them. <laughs> she hasn't earned it. She's all of her plans fall through, and now it makes sense because the actual Echo was the one who was good at everything. <laughs> so she's been living a lie <laughs> forever, which is reverse imposter syndrome. <laughs> I see. She was um, actually an imposter. <laughs> so exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, maybe I she'll know. be the commander. I, I, that's what people have been like hypothesizing but like what does that mean like what right like are they gonna why? wake up the grounder army like maybe echo is mentally strong enough to murder shade hedda in the i don't i don't or know. maybe she just pre- like maybe she just pretends that she's the commander maybe so that they don't follow maddie but they still get the backup from against sanctum i guess and then i mean at least raven will have something to do again because we'll have to oh raven's dying this season oh my god it's been so like ugh. I hate what they've done with Raven's character. She doesn't have any story. She's I thought she was going to get a little. Screen. I thought she was going to get a little bit from last episode where she was like about you know turned on her Raven science brain um, about about the flame and stuff, and I was like yay! And then where the fuck was Raven? Or even just like the the whole like sequences with her and Riker talking. Like I thought that was going to like where she would go somewhere, talk to him, and it maybe they bang. Somewhere. Yeah, nothing happened. Nothing. And he's now dead it's now. like. Then it was just Echo in, in Riker, and now he's dead. Um, so, well, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else about Echo? Nope. No. Anything else about Sanctum? I don't think so. Can we have a pee break, though? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I would love that. All right, let's take a break. Okay, let's talk about um, Belarus Jake Taviel. Belar okay. Beljark sorry. Beljark Tavabiel. Um yeah. Beljark so that here's the thing. Grab. That yeah, grab. Break it down. So okay, so we wake up and Josephine's gone and it's Clark. And okay, so here I, I'm not really sure about the schmeins of Josephine's mind drive. Like what exactly happened? Like 
she was in the mind drive and then the mind drive was breaking down or something and what what exactly happened to the mind drive that can't store her mind anymore so because they took the chip out so um josephine couldn't regenerate like it didn't back her up anymore so she used the neural mesh that is what saved clark basically to cling on to clark's but why brain. wasn't she in the chip anymore yeah. like why didn't it back her she's up? oh well because so i think it was that clark deleted most of it right and save, although i don't know how save the brain yeah so she deleted but it seemed like it. she still remembered gabriel and everything she remembered enough, yeah, to write. Honestly, like, yeah, that whole stuff was really messy. And the schmines that I'm trying to put together now is very it also hard doesn't to, like, make any goddamn sense. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, so enough of her survived to know Gabriel and be herself in a sense, but she didn't remember a lot of it. And yeah, so then Clark, she clings on, but Clark kills her in the mind space and because there's no chip she isn't able to back up and come back so is there like a small but i don't like a primitive version of her in the in the mind drive now or there's nothing there i think there's nothing there but that part doesn't make sense to me i guess like so clark deleted almost everything so the only thing that was left was actually josephine's personality aspects i don't know and <laughs> that should that's i mean are we stored. about to find out that maybe she is on the drive again like she's just forgotten all the uh horrible shit that she's done <laughs> I guess. so she's a good person i don't now. know there's like good so i think we have, just have to move on from the schmiats <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean if she is if she comes back and it turns out she was on the mind drive Okay, that makes more sense. But like, I yeah, than her not being there, we don't seem to be able to figure out why she's that just didn't get backed up into the mind drive. Okay, so she's gone, and we have um, Clark wakes up, and this you have a lot of feels about this, Bob. So maybe I'll just let you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Something I, magical I happens that... in this moment. It goes back to the uh, languages of love. Oh, yes. Well, so, um, <laughs> when Clark wakes up, Bellamy, like, comes over, and he, like, puts, he, like, grabs her thigh, like, high up. It was sexy. And <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Is this really happening? And then he, like, holds her, like, wrist. <laughs> and then he just kind of leans against her, and they have the conversation while he's, like, leaning against her legs. Which, to me, felt very intimate. Um... And I appreciate it, even if it's even if Blark is never gonna happen. I decided that, that you, I would rather be nice. baited the whole way through, and then <laughs> nothing happened, than like getting no baiting and nothing happening at the end. Welcome. Obviously, obviously being baited is better. <laughs> you saw you saw the picture that I posted for Blarkers and Supercorps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we know it's all bait, and yet we still have hope. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I mean, so, I mean, we're still breathing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know what constitutes a bait, but like, there are in real life, there are times when people 
have feelings for someone, but they never talk about it ever. And, um, because there's always something and, you know, and they just can't bring themselves or whatever. They just, you know, it's too complicated. And that, ju- and if you're not hearing what's going on in their head, which in this story, we don't, like maybe if it was a book, you, you could be, you could have access to Bellamy's thoughts or whatever, or mm-hmm. Clark's. Um, so even if it never happens, you can always say, you can always interpret it that way, right? Um, I mean, I know that you want to him to me, bang yeah. and everything, but like, that's, that's <laughs> <a> <laughs> yeah, so listen, I know you want the banging. I've only, yes, I've only been following the relationship for six years now. Because <laughs> as a non Belarker, I definitely, definitely feel like it's getting, their interactions are getting more romantic. Um, like, yeah, this scene I noticed, like, leaning against each other and everything, and Clark is like, you saved my life, whatever. Um, yeah, I feel like, mm, this is like a little outside of the friend zone, um, but I don't know. <laughs> what did you feel about last episode? Because you weren't on with us. Um, mm-hmm. How did you take last episode um, in terms of Blark? I think I had the same feeling, but um, remind me again exactly what happened. The CPR. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I thought that was, yeah, that definitely felt more than what it felt like I've been getting so far. Um, Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm terrible at picking up these things. Like, I didn't even, first time I watched season two, I didn't pick up on the whole Klexa thing until they kissed. Um, I mean, me too, the first time. I was like, wait, what? Is this about to happen? But not until they kiss. Like, right before, like, a scene or two before the kiss, I was like, wait. <laughs> hold up. Is the what? And then they kiss, and I was like, oh, yeah, my gaydar okay. was working. Because it never is. Yeah, okay. So I was, so your radar started working pretty I mean, but arguably mine should be a little bit more in tuned than yours. Like, it would have been real bad if, like, me, the gay, had not picked up on, you know, the les. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm bad at that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like there's a lot of reasons why Bellamy or Clark might feel like it's just not the right time or just, like, there's too much. I mean, for one thing, Bellamy is with Echo. Supposedly. Supposedly. I mean, yeah, it's like Murphy comes in and is like, oh, yeah, Echo is in trouble too. And Bellamy's like, oh, shit, yeah, who? Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, Echo. He just looks at Clark. <laughs> he, he literally looks at Clark as Jade is taking her away. And that's like, he's like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Clark, leave it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was I don't understand. I don't understand. But yeah, and so like, yeah, there's a lot of barriers, I think, between them. And they still, I mean, they kind of forgave each other for all this stuff, but it was pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> they only had like, what, one conversation about it. Um, um, so, yeah, I could see why, like, they would be hesitant to be explicit about things. But yeah, I I don't know what's gonna happen, so I don't want to like get anyone's hopes up because I'm just enjoying the ride either way. But, like I know that for some people this is very high stakes. So it is like it's I guess 
the best analogy I can do, which I think is correct because I don't feel this way about sports, uh-huh. but it's like, it's like, you're just, you're really invested and you want your team to do well. And you, yeah. you're just like, you follow the stats and like you have posters of them in your room. And, and this is the year we're going to get that championship. Exactly. <laughs> and so like, the, the aspect I don't like is like the competitiveness as if it's like teams against teams because that's not like that's not how it should be. We're all in pain together. <laughs> you know? No like, one is getting what they want. Exactly. So like I I don't like that I don't like the ugliness show. that happens. And I don't like the ugly, ugliness that happens in sports because you know, people yeah. there's like assaults and like traffic lights are taken. Stares down. hard at Eagles fans. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So like that that that's like that's the downside. It happens in a lot of spheres of life. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um yeah, but yeah, no, I I, I understand. I guess I'm generally like I don't have that generally like I don't feel that way about sports or anything else either. And I always have this feeling Except Ally. Except Ally. <laughs> I get I get worked up about like more like consistency issues. Like if I feel like something is inconsistent, that <laughs> makes me upset. Um, but anyway, again, speaking of being autistic, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, I definitely. So anything else about the Belark aspect? Because yeah, I thought that was pretty. I good you feed. touched on the. What? Good feed this episode. It was. Um, but I mean, y- you touched upon the Echo thing. I didn't have to say it because it was kind of, <laughs> you know, Murphy brought, he goes, Echo's in trouble, but I can do my best. And Bellamy's just still preoccupied. He like just turns to Clark. Like, he's yeah. still preoccupied about her leaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, I he kinda... doesn't want her to pretend to be Josephine. Yeah, I kind of felt like he was like, who? Oh, shit, right. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he did. Yeah, I mean, for Balark stuff, yeah, that's basically. I think we touched on basically everything. Um, I mean, touched you know, touched just like just like Clark's leg. So touched, <laughs> so touched on everything. So much touching. <laughs> like when she when she in the end like pulls down his gag and unties him, like they're so close. Like, do they need to be that close to have that conversation? Probably not. <laughs> but you're okay with the with the uh, fact that they are? Obviously. 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 I'm, okay obviously I'm gonna watch the gifts like for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I wanna say now that we were talking about that, the um uh Bob Morley's uh, facial expressions or like Bellamy's facial expressions I feel like were different and a lot more um, animated or, or like pronounced um, yeah there's they're less stoic I don't know um, the way I don't know frowned or smiled or whatever or both at the same time <laughs> um <laughs> And I, I don't know if that's because he was the director and he got to, like, take as many shots as he wanted until he got a really good one. Um, but, like, yeah. I, did you feel that way? I felt like he was more emotional. I, I totally felt that. Like, it felt a little, like, in some ways, like, especially with the Octavia stuff in the cave, even. Um, we got, like... 
I think in some ways that is possibly the issue of an actor directing themselves kind of for the first time um, is that they kind of sort of all of the things that or all of the motions that they wish that other directors would let them sort of play out and play yeah. with and stuff, <laughs> um, you know, kind of they, they get to do that. And in some ways I, I felt like it was. In in some ways, Bob did a great job with this episode. In other ways, it almost felt like a little bit too much. A little overacted. Suddenly, suddenly from Bellamy. Yeah. Like, with this, like, oh, this crushing emotion. I can't keep these tears in. And I was like, since fucking when? <laughs> I mean, I know Bellamy has cried a lot on the show, he, though. He has. It just seemed a little bit more, like, anguish this episode like the but that was yeah. you know but hey like again more on the surface yeah i i it's a minor quibble yeah i can see what you're saying but i think i took that like he gave all the actors more time to do that not just like himself so like i think he he that's like what i meant when i said like the he's coming at it with with an actor's perspective but he's also like good at it but he wanted to give people more time mm-hmm. to express what they're you know what they're supposed to portray from the script yeah yeah but i I wonder if it's more time or just more leeway like because some directors are more sensitive to overacting than others Um, i mean i i think it was i think it was a little bit weird only because we have we've been getting such muted performances in a lot of ways um, which we have complained about as being like, wow, that's rushed, or that doesn't seem believable, or, you know, wow, I don't think that they would, like, have reacted like that, or I would have expected more. And so I think if we had gotten, if we hadn't had those quibbles before, this wouldn't have stood out. Um, but because it was suddenly like, wow, are we feeling feels? What the <laughs> fuck? Um, that's maybe what kind of took me out of it a little bit. I can see that, yeah. I, I guess, like, I didn't have a problem with it because... You like Bob's face? Yeah, well, that's part of it. <laughs> um, but, like, also, Bellamy's always felt so much. And, like, the whole, I hated season five Bellamy. Like, I thought that was horrible. Um, so yeah. now they're, like, trying to get him One to like, have more. One of the things we hated about Bellamy. Yeah, one of many <laughs> things. Um, but so to have him, like, being more himself and, like, just like feeling through the emotions because Bellamy has a lot of emotions. He's an yeah. emotional guy. Um, so that part, like I've been happier with Bellamy in general in season six. Um, although like I have to say, I give him a lot more leeway to be headstrong and reactive when it's about like Octavia and Clark. Mm-hmm. When it's about space, they like push his buttons. They push his buttons, and we've seen like we've seen the build up to those dynamics. Like we know that they're very important to Bellamy, like because we saw it happen on screen. For space poo, as they called them, um, we didn't get to see that. It just came out like fully formed, and so like when he turns that, like he he became this more emotional person. I think because of Clark being in danger, but now when he turns that energy. To like everyone back in Sanctum, it seems like overkill, and I like it's, I'm suddenly like not with it, and I'm like no 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 that was okay when it was Clark and Octavia, but like to be this like high strung and being like who cares who dies about like everyone back I'm just like I don't care anymore let them die, <laughs> um, but that's that's and one of the problems with season five like I just didn't feel those relationships and I still don't feel them now for the most part, 
Um, it doesn't feel natural. Like, I think like we we miss what happened with Miller and Gaia, but still, that scene was like seamlessly. It felt natural. That was a that was honestly one of the best scenes of this whole fucking season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. It felt like it was very organic and like, and, and the just, fact that like Gaia grabbed his face. Like, yeah. like reached out and touched him and like she is not a touchy character and he is not a touchy character yeah which like gave us so much context and sort of their history and shared trauma that like they were probably relatively close in their own way in the bunker or at least were always orbiting around similar spheres you know mm-hmm. like he was the head of the guard she was you know obviously like a you know the, the flame keeper of sorts um you know yeah. religious or whatever and so, you know, we got so much back context for their relationship as well as where they are now and what they're feeling. It was just, it was honestly like yeah. one of the best scenes of the season. And of all things, again, things that I never thought that I would say, like, I really liked a very minor random scene with Miller and Gaia. Yeah, it, it felt like well, the funness of season one in that, like, scene, like the adventure is mm-hmm. what I felt. Oh, after when he when he stole the knife and was like, haha. Yeah, exactly. And I was trying to like when I when I liked it so much, I was like trying to like figure out why that was okay, but like skipping over relationship stuff with other characters is not okay. And I think it it has mm-hmm. to do with how much you already saw them on screen to begin with. Um if these are characters that are established on screen and then there's a time jump and then that relationship changes. It doesn't work because you already have preconceived notions about these characters. And so it really does feel like you're missing story versus if you take two characters that never interacted at all and there's a time jump and suddenly they're interacting. It, it's okay because you've never, you don't have context for who those characters are um, with each other. presuppositions about it. So yeah, as long as it's in line with what you know about each character, then it, it it's not offensive. It's interesting. It's what did we miss? Like, and so I think that's also why like I didn't have issues with it, even though I had issues with all of Space Crew, um, because it just fast forwarded through things that because we didn't really... we didn't jump into them being besties. Yeah. Like, if anything, like, the fact that they kind of stayed away from each other and sort of, like, stewed in their own trauma, and then yeah. at this moment, we're, like, him being, like, so can we talk? Like, I'm still kind of fucked up, and her being, like, yeah, bud, I, I know, yeah, I know, you're okay, it was buddy. so good. <laughs> Have a little popsicle. Oh, I'm glad you liked that, too, because I, I don't know if I was, I know that I've always been a Miller fan. Um, so for me, I was like, what, is it just that I've like wanted more for Miller because I love that he was Bellamy's right hand man? Um, or was that actually legitimately a good scene? So I'm glad that you saw it too and, and liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got back to that fucking scene. I don't remember what we were talking <laughs> yeah. about. Because it was good. It was what we were talking about. <laughs> no, because we were talking about Bellamy oh, and yeah. his conversations. And so going back to Bellamy, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I definitely, feel like this whole moment they're having near the anomaly is kind of a moment of release uh for a lot of stuff and they're kind of just like decompressing and like letting all the things that have happened to them um who all of them come come to the the surface well i feel like all of them yeah because like yeah definitely bellamy and octavia 
And so that goes with like Bellamy's facial expressions, like why he's showing all the stuff that he's been feeling for a while, but um, now he has. Because he's not shitty season five, Bellamy. (laughs) Well, you could read it different ways. I mean, um, you could say that this is just like a moment when they finally have some rest and they can, um, all this stuff can come to the surface and whatever. and also, I mean, like, for Octavia, obviously, she went through the anomaly and had a whole space peyote trip and everything. Um, but, but I mean, I even for Clark, um, it seems like she's back to, like, the can-do Clark, the sort of... Getting um, shit done? Yeah. I, I can't find the right adjective. <laughs> In the driver's seat? Um, of her Ferrari? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I mean, yeah. Thanks for that slow clap. <laughs> she definitely good, seems more good. feisty. Um, I guess that's only and confident. The dream team is back together. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I can get, I, I got this, you know, I can do this shit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so it seems like they're all kind of coming to the, they have, they're having a coming to Jesus moment. Um, coming to prime, yeah. <laughs> coming to prime moment, yeah. And I mean, Clark has been is kind of like back from the dead. Um, so she's been through a whole near death experience. Um, yeah. She was dead for three days, like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now she's alive. <laughs> uh, now that we don't have Cain, Cl- Clark is gonna oh. be our Jesus. <laughs> God. Oh God, no! Don't, don't say that. Bring up Kane. Don't. I'm still mad. <laughs> Actually, like, so when we watched last week uh, with my girlfriend, I guess she must have fallen asleep. She didn't remember that Kane like floated himself, and so she was like, I, she was asking me, oh, "What do you? What do you? What are you going to talk about on the podcast today?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Well, you know, like." I don't even remember, but somehow Kane came up and she was actually, so she was actually like taking a shower and I was like brushing my teeth and we were talking about this as, as couples do. Cause that's, that's what romance is people. <laughs> and she was like, wait, Kane died. And I was like, yeah. And then I like went off on my whole fucking rant and I was like, you know, and he like, you know, killed off whatever. And you know, he was in that dude's body and she was like, oh, and so he just like wasted the dude who, you know, who died for him. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> you are like, she is a filthy casual who like supports me. Like, regret having shown me this show but like supports the podcast and whatever and like the fact that she was like said exactly my I was like oh I've fallen in love with you even more all over Aww. again because <laughs> yeah you waste the body like come on anyway, it's ridiculous sand so angry <laughs> sorry what were we talking about you can't bring up Kane I'm still just gonna like, like froth at the mouth yeah it's like yeah. uh Trigger warning. I want to talk about yeah. Kane. <laughs> Don't fucking talk about Kane. Do not talk about Beef Kane. Yeah. Because Beef Kane was the real tragedy. Uh, Andy Kane. Yeah, no, I was saying Jesus because he was Jesus. Um, he was. Yeah. So Sexy Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we were talking about Bellamy? Or we were talking about Clark? Oh, yeah. We were talking about Clark and how about- she's, yeah. Go ahead. She's in the driver's seat um, of her Ferrari. Yeah, <laughs> which is so great. Um, yeah, I I really like the scenes. Um, I do like that Bellamy's guilt over prioritizing Clark 
is and instead of like everyone back in sanctum is like delicious so he's like oh no so what are we gonna do now because i left all those assholes and we, <laughs> we have to go save them now so it's it's nice seeing them strategize together um and i guess i like that bellamy's protective of clark in the sense where he's like no way but at the same time he does in the end like let her go because he's not her keeper like he knows that um yeah yeah i mean i I think it's always they always have that dynamic where and not just bellamy and clark other characters too but especially uh especially bellamy and clark is like where one comes up with a plan and the other one criticizes it and i think that's a good thing and a lot of um you know states men states people have have this like they have someone they want their like right hand person or vizier or whatever to like not just to always say yes sir but to also point out potential problems with their plan um yeah because like you know you always want to have that you know balancing force so but yeah and sometimes like i think i've said this before like sometimes um clark's plans or make more sense or seem like (laughs) maximize the um expected utility more than bellamy's and sometimes vice versa uh you know sometimes clark comes up with crazy shit and then bellamy's like um how about like we kill him (laughs) um yeah bellamy always gets the people stuff more than clark does um and Clark gets like the strategy of something like moving things around. So I, I like that they have their gifts. Yeah. And, and Bellamy's is always like knowing how people rea- will react. And Clark's is always about how knowing how to organize an attack um, effectively. Yeah. I think Bellamy's also more, um, it, he, puts more weight on like the leaders surviving or having good leaders um because like sometimes clark like wants to like sacrifice herself or something and bellum is like dude okay you might like win this battle but without you the whole thing is going to fall apart so no we're not doing that um like when uh she was going to die for um what's it called Uh, emerson Oh, right. She was like, all right, I guess I'm turning myself in. Um, and Bellamy was like, and she was like, do you have a better plan? And Bellamy said, you distract him, I kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, I was like, you're overthinking this. Um, but yeah. Anything else about the whole Bill arc of it? Um, no, um, I mean... I mean, there's there's stuff to be said, like, about Clark, like, once she gets back to Sanctum, and, like, I guess we're going to talk about the Blakes, but, like... Yeah. No, I think it was some some pretty solid belarking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Blakes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Octavia... I'm buying it. I'm okay with what happened to Octavia. I don't know how you guys feel. Um, sometimes these... Well, she's, like... redeemed or being redeemed or on the path or whatever and 
a lot of times, I mean, I generally am not really on board with redemptions. And <laughs> <laughs> I think they're often, like, done in a um, cheesy way or unsatisfactory or predictable way or, I don't know, just, like, unconvincing. Um, I don't like seeing the strings. I don't like seeing that they are... They decided that this was when this person was going to be redeemed, and this is how they're right. going to do it, and this is why the scene is happening, so that you feel these things. Like, I like it feeling seamless. So, from that right. perspective, yes. It's... Yeah. That's definitely an important factor. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's also, like, they sh- it should take... Like, the character should take their time with it. Um, you know, like, for the record... <laughs> I don't like um, when Darth Vader like becomes good again or whatever. <laughs> like that's the that whole like, thing. You're like you're still is evil, bullshit. bro. That's whole thing is just bullshit. It's like it, he had like how, hundreds of years. Of, how how long was he alive? Um, he, he didn't change his mind, and now all of a sudden, I don't know. Um, that's the power of your child. <laughs> you know? Again, goes like, back to like kid. I haven't had a kid. Yeah, not that I know of. <laughs> Um, oh so, man, yeah. <laughs> that'll be super awkward. We come back like and start talking about humans after after the <laughs> like. So hey guys, mea culpa. Editor's note. Um, I got I a do call. Have a legitimate child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a call. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I for Octavia, I didn't feel that way. Uh, I felt like, um, yeah, partly because she took her time with it and. Um, yeah. I think I think we got to see some good work done with Dioza of like Dioza being like, hey man, I know what you're going through, like, and sort of Octavia's prickliness with that. And then yeah, we did get a little bit of like magical fast forwarding, like with the anomaly stuff yeah. and like, you know, her going on a vision quest. But like, thank you for taking us on that vision quest. Like, however you felt about, you know, how it might have been shot or written or something like that. Like, you know, like, I know that people on Twitter are like, it was heavy handed, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, yeah, fine, fine, whatever. But like, you had Pike, yeah. you had Octavia making a the conscious bit. choice. Yeah. yeah. But like, this show sometimes doesn't do nuance super well. Yeah. But like, you at least saw what was happening. And then we kind of see this new Octavia who she kind of reminds me of, um, you know, someone who has gone through almost you know she wasn't she was addicted to her power and her rightness and so it's almost like she has gone through sort of a detox and kind of come out of it and had this sort of new life perspective of like okay i did some shitty things like but no matter what like if i want to move forward i have to move forward Mm -hmm. and so like i can't always be apologizing and looking back for all of the shitty things that i did and so you know her conversation with bellamy in in the cave was kind of you know doing that of being like okay, you know, I'm not asking anything from you except the only thing that I need from you is to know that, like, I'm still your sister. Like, that's all I need is, like, not even... And again, she even says, I don't need you to forgive me. I just need, like... I just need to not be banished from, you know, you. Yeah. Or whatever. And And I I thought that was really good. Yeah, I love that. I mean, Bellamy has been denying that explicitly in, in many yeah. occasions that she's his sister which um, is like you know that's kind of a big fucking deal especially yeah. given what that she's going through i yeah. definitely like that i agree that like sometimes your sibling might change so much that you feel like 
yeah, that's not the person that I knew before. And that person was my sister. This person is not that person. Therefore, this person is not my sister. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, but, but that doesn't mean that they can't come back. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Bubs, did you want to say something? Well, I, um, I get why it's so hard for Bellamy because all the things we we're talking about in terms of like seeing that Octavia is repentful, that she realizes that um, the bunker changed her and it made her this person for better or worse. And that person's not who her brother expects. Um, and it's not who's safe for everybody. Um, so I think, Bellamy doesn't see that yet so I'm glad they didn't just like gloss it over with Bellamy being like yeah cool you're cool now so like he he needs to and and this is where where so the way that we got to talking about love languages in the beginning is that like this is a case where Bellamy words don't mean anything like to me (laughs) um so he needs he needs to see her change and as much as like she's saying like yeah we can't do this he needs to actually see it and Mm -hmm. I think that when he sees it he will finally accept that Octavia um, is not the person that he encountered in the bunker. Mm -hmm. Um, That she's actually has perspective outside of that now. Um, And so, yeah, so I I think that it wasn't, I think it was good progress. Although I'm really sad that a very specific scene got cut. Um, The writers tweeted that scene and it included, like, lines that didn't get said, which I thought were so good. So there's a moment where Octavia brings up their history of um, her growing up, like, s- stuck in their, that little room. Under um, the floor. Yeah, basically. Um, like, so Octavia says, Mom should never have had me. You were just a kid, but you never complained. You protected me since the day I was born. You went to the ground for me. And what did I do for you? Whatever the hell I wanted. So, like, that's mm. true. <laughs> and that's also, like, a really mature sort of thing that she could have said, being, like, I took for granted every sacrifice exactly. that you made. And Exactly. I, yeah. Wow. I'm kind of sad that they cut that. I know. And that how great been is really that? would have been really good. Yeah. yeah. We're left, to, we're left to, to, to infer that Octavia feels that, because we, as adults watching the show can kind of read that from her sort of remorse in the cave and sort of asking Bellamy to see her, you know, see see the changes that she's made. But, like, God, that would have been a great fucking line. Right? Yeah. Uh, it that was really good. Damn it. Um, even so, without that, I still really like the, um, the fact that, first of all, the fact that they have this intermediate position of, like, at least recognize me again as your sibling um and without like okay you're all good now you know um so they can have like they can have a milestone right it's like okay i at least you sound like a reasonable person now um and you're saying all the right things so like i recognize you as being bonded with me again but i still and he says like you're not my responsibility anymore um because like you're known to have done some crazy shit so um it seems like you make your decisions now um but yeah and and but i def 
I mean, my favorite part of that whole thing is when Octavia says um, that you are my rock, and without you, I lost my compass. That I guess maybe that comes after what you read, Bubs. Um, it does. Yeah. So that definitely, I that was my favorite part of the whole Blake's scene um, because that's a new sort of insight that we haven't heard from Octavia yet. Um, I don't think. And actual fucking self-reflection. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and like the specific one of like her realizing kind of one way to look at what happened to her throughout the years is that she was always kind of extra and, you know, um, petulant or whatever. But as long as Bellamy was around, um, you know, he would keep her centered or whatever. Um, and, but then when they lost contact, um, she just like went off in a whole other direction. Um, and this wasn't something that was mentioned before, I don't think. Um, and it's a, an interesting observation. And it doesn't mean that like, it's not because Bellamy is always makes the right decision or, or has the right moral perspective or something, but it's just because um, that's all she, Octavia knew all her life was this person was always there. Um, and they always look to them for a read on any situation. Yeah. Um, and in season four in the finale, when they're ta- they have their last conversation, she's like, I'm not a leader. It should be you or yeah. Clark. And it was like kind of foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But although she's I an executioner. A lot. Yeah. 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 Um, anything else about Blake? Oh, did Blake's... you want to say about their love language? Bubs? Uh, did I not say it? That um, for Bellamy, did... words don't mean anything. Words oh, sorry. Mean things. Sorry, like, I missed all that. See it. well there was touching with with clark bellamy touching clark and then there's like words don't mean anything to bellamy (laughs) yeah Yeah. my bad sorry you can just cut all that out (laughs) no it's fine (laughs) um okay so um right so we get the blakes um and then there's more conversation back at gabriel's tent um, There's so which... Josephine killed Josephine and Simone killed a bunch. Of, no, no, he killed a bunch of yeah. babies. Well, Gabriel not babies, ki- embryos. embryos, embryos, questionable. <laughs> but like a thousand of them. Yeah. I. So it's yes. his, So I love. I love again. Again, I feel like this season of all seasons is just like shitty monkey paws. Like, I said this about Kane's death. I'm saying this about, you know, like, obviously Gabriel's decision to to, to kill off the, the Nightblood embryos. Because, like, you thought you were helping something. Then it turns out that your girlfriend is just a crazy person. And <laughs> sort of came up with a whole new system of... A more oppressive people. system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you, you kind of got what you wanted, but not really. Um, yeah. That's, that's what this season is. That's very interesting. I mean, I like that we were exploring more of the um, aspects of Gabriel's character and and his sort of 
um, status within all of this. Like, I mean, obviously there are some people who uh, worship him or whatever. Um, but again, like I said, like Gabriel is one of those characters that I like that I think, or I think I, um, they did really well. You know, like that ha- doesn't have that problem that Russell has. Um, because like he seems layered, you know, like he, he is in a lot of ways, like he wants to do good things, but there are questions, like he is implicated in a lot of stuff that, you know, raise questions (laughs) about, um, his status. I mean, he, first of all, like him, this he's definitely causally implicated in the whole ablation thing. Right, like he did something that if he hadn't done, um, there would be no ablation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so good job, bud. <laughs> yeah, if you think if you understand causality in terms of counterfactuals, right, it definitely supports that counterfactual test. If he hadn't killed the embryos, there would have been no ablation. And so, um, but then does that? When does causal culpability or causal implication lead to moral implication like should we think that he is it's on partly on him um um oh that like everything i mean fuck i don't know because <laughs> like i don't believe in the butterfly theory okay well so i mean if is it a butterfly effect though like uh, is it like because you could argue he should have considered all the possible um, consequences of it, all the different scenarios, uh, before making a decision. And this was something that he just dismissed. And it turns out it was m- much more likely than he thought. And so ma- was he? Was his judgment... What was more know, likely? That um, they would go to extremes to get knife bloods. Um, like he just kind of thought, oh, okay, if I just kill these embryos, uh, they'll, they're just going to stop and we're just going to become mortal, I guess. Um, turns out they're going to do more extreme things and maybe he should have known that. Um, but, but how is it different from with the embryos, they raised them to then kill them, but they're humans. So they're like almost raising them into slavery. Yeah, it's more like I mean, them the having children. <laughs> what? It's like that scenario of them having children to, to like, just uh, use as hosts. Um, instead of them having children, they have like embryos, night blood embryos that they can. Yeah, I I guess yeah, they would just raise them for that purpose. Um, I don't know. That wasn't really explained. Hmm. But it definitely, they've definitely said that, um, they definitely implied that there used to be a lot more nightbloods at one point. Um, and yeah, and then other things that, uh, Gabriel does or has done. So, um, first of all, he's, he's murdered someone in rage, um, that he admits to. Um, right, like he seems to th- his his narrative about himself uh, paints himself as a lot more saintly than he is. 
Well, that's part of his narrative about himself that he murdered someone in rage. He ad- admits to that readily. But yeah, there are other aspects of it that he doesn't. He, yeah, he's kind of like representing a different light. But if you think about it, I mean, did he order the believers who refused re-education to be starved to death? Is that something that the ch- children of Gabriel are doing under his order? It seems like, wait, I mean, it was like 10, or at least like he didn't try to stop it. Wait, wait, what about the starving to death? You know how children of Gabriel, they, it turns out when we went into their cave that they, they let, they have people re-educated. And if they don't accept the re-education, if they keep believing in the primes, mm-hmm. um, they'll just let them die. Mm-hmm. They'll just starve them to death. Um is that a system that he set up? Like, he was in charge of it when this was happening. Um, and I get that for the past 10 years, he's been Xavier. He's been masquerading as Xavier, but he still could have... Yeah, I don't know. And so there's, like, questions about <laughs> him and, like, his... And what is the goal of his whole cause, anyway? Like... What are they trying to achieve? If they kill primes, um, what is going to happen then? Um, I mean, I guess if they kill primes, then suddenly they're just a normal fucking population. But that said, it also seems like they have kept non-primes sort of subjugated and uneducated. And so suddenly, like... Well, that's exactly the point. It's like, it's not going to be a normal population. And this is something that they know very well because, uh, and this is an aspect that I really like about Sanctum. And this, you know, comes up in when what Gabriel says and um, in parts of what Riker says um, and in everyone else's behavior is that even though they started this religion or this belief system, it's kind of now taken on a life of its own as like an independent thing that they don't have too much control over. It's not like they can just flip a switch and be like, all right, guys, now you don't believe this anymore. Um, because like they were saying how like some people are going to die for it before you can like convince them. Um, you know, some people are, are going to refuse to be convinced. Some people um, are like they were saying how in eclipses, believers killed non-believers right Mm -hmm. um and so yeah people are this is just taken um got away from them a little bit yeah like they they so if you just kill the prime it's not going to be like oh okay well i guess that was all wrong you know like there there's gonna still be structures in society and institutions and like teachings and everything that people believe and grew up with that they're not going to be able to just forget overnight um and so i mean this is a i mean there are less cartoonish forms of this in real life where like you could ask this question of like okay let's even if let's say we got rid of this dictator um what then like you have to make sure that you have something else to replace it because this has been the narrative it's a power void yeah this has been the narrative that has, you know, held things together for a long time. And so, yeah. I'm not too worried. I feel like people adapt. 
um, societies adapt when things like that happen. Um, Sometimes it could be very I, costly. I, they might eventually adapt, but like, look at what happened in. But there's also of, only what two hundred of them, like let's say approximately. Like there's only yeah. a couple hundred of people in Sanctum, so like any kind of an uprising will severely, you know, fuck their population. Yeah, this is not a sustainable population of people. No. It's, yeah, I'm confused. Are are we to believe there's actually more of them, but they just haven't shown them because of That's like budget question? Question. question. Yeah. Did we? And question. I was thinking about this. Did we ever get an answer to remember in like the first or second ep- second episode when all of the little children come running back up to Sanctum and they ask like Clark at all at like they were like are you here to take us home and I was like yeah did did we ever get an answer no on what home is no but now I'm thinking maybe they were being experimented on uh, for. Well, because they well, cause the kids were taken away, like, everyone had left Sanctum to go somewhere underground or whatever the fuck to, like, wait out the eclipse. But now I'm like, wait, did we never get an answer where home was? Maybe there was a part of their mythology that said, oh, shit, what if, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> what if somehow they go and kidnap kids through the fucking anomaly? No, I mean, that's obviously not what happened because, you know, if Octavia is the only one who come back out. But, like, I'm just like, what exactly was home? <laughs> I do, I'm still, do they just mean, like, are you here to take us to our little village? Because, you know, when the From the evacuation. Shot, maybe. Yeah. yeah. The but, like, shot. they were already with adults, like, who were clearly shepherding them. So, yeah. like, was home sold to them as another planet? Is there... <laughs> I feel like this is kind of like, this is kind of one of those, like, uh, Anita takes uh, Sophie out somewhere, then we'd never hear where she took her. Just because that was going to be like a, yeah, just like a... A thing that never happened. Like a bullshit uh, cliffhanger. I don't know. I guess we'll find out soon, since there's only two episodes left. Whether that actually has any implication (laughs) on what's going to happen. I guess we'll find out. Um, Yes. You know how most architectural structures look like penises and they're very phallic? This is um, very vaginal from above. Right? It <laughs> looks like I, a bunch of vaginas in Are a we ever going to get to know why we have such an orderly geometric, like, thing? Well, I think it's because the anomaly, the anomaly. was speaking to Whoever. Russell. While, uh, while they were, like, designing while he was city planning? Yeah, because remember that scene where he's creating the play or they're like in front of him so yeah i think it's he's been quote unquote called but he's never gone to the um, and i meant to bring this up for the blakes um when octavia says um no one had ever come out but i did and i asked i was wondering why but i know i know now it's because of you and bellamy's like yeah yeah sure um, <laughs> and she's like so then i was thinking i was like wait so is she saying that because once they make up and are on good terms, she has to go back in? Like, what does what does that even mean? Um, I I think everyone's going into the goddamn anomaly. Like, I think people something. are coming out, or people, or more people are coming out. <laughs> something is happening. I think Dioza is coming out with a crew. I wonder oh. how many people went into it before before they were like, okay, no one is coming out. <laughs> like this is yeah, this is a question about induction, right? How did <laughs> also. 
Yeah, Shaheen, you brought up those people that were starving in the cave. Why aren't they, like, throwing them in the anomaly if we're going to die anyways? Right? <laughs> See what happens. See what happens. Yeah, I mean, you don't, yeah. Because yeah. if no one comes out, you don't know what happens to them. Maybe they get stronger. <laughs> Maybe they get copied and they're like, there's the I mean, Octavia looked great when she came out, so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I didn't like that whole Octavia special thing. Um, I don't like that. Um, the chosen one. No one's special. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of bullshit. <laughs> Maybe it was just like, this isn't our people. This wasn't born here. Ew. Like, what the fuck is this? Spit it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You taste, um, you taste like other people, as in she ate people. I wonder yeah. if we'll, we'll ever get the answer to that. Who knows? We got two episodes left. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, so then Murphy comes in. Um, Which was sh- great. Shit goes down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like that, like, Murphy's always playing both sides, and he gets this, like, mission where he's still playing both sides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy. Yeah. Um, and, oh my god, Clark is the best actress ever. She. <laughs> Clark as Josephine, like, especially, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but especially when she, like, goes and visits Maddie. Uh-huh. Like,. That oh was guess. so good. Yeah. She did such a good job. Eliza she did, did such like, a good job. To do like the like, this is, this hurts me so much to like lie to like my sister kid. I refuse mm-hmm. to fully embrace kid. Um, <laughs> but, oh man, it was just, it was just so good. She, yeah, she, she did a really great job. Um, and I also, so I've talked about this episode before, but there's an episode of uh, Supernatural that is, probably my favorite episode it's hilarious and i think it's called the french mistake um but it's basically very similar Sounds sexy. to sexy ah, it was no funny. i guess not it was very funny so i guess funny funny sexy funny sexy. okay um but so in world in supernatural the two brothers um, were transferred into an alternate universe where they were actors playing their characters which is so they so they basically had to act as um their character playing their character playing the actor <laughs> and it was like this <laughs> huge like actorception that like it was mind-boggling but also like hilarious and like so they had to go to like the houses of the actors and like um get along with their real wives <laughs> like it was actually the actor's real wife that like showed up um and it was just like hilarious. So this this scene reminded me of that, and I love that like Clark has gotten to act as Josephine as Clark, and now as Clark as Josephine. It's really um, good. It's good. Yeah. yeah, doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's. Uh, I wonder if like uh, Clark as Josephine is different from Josephine. Do you see any subtle differences? Um, I, I don't think we've spent enough time with her. Yeah. Pretending. Yeah, I wonder. I've, personally. I think, I mean, so far, I think that she did a good enough job to, like, fool those around yeah. her. Like, I didn't I didn't watch it and go, wow, there's no way they would have bought that, you know? Yeah, and there was a moment, I thought I read on, on Reddit, people saying that she used her left hand to inject Maddie, but she actually used her right hand. So, like, even that she remembered, and that was, like, another moment where I'm like, what if it is Josephine? But... Mm. I don't think it is. Please, 
as much as that she was fun, I would be very sad if Clark was no more. <laughs> yeah, but I did like jo- Josephine. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. So, anything else about? I think yes. Yeah. I think the this whole season has dropped a lot of major clues and random conversations that are like very quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. So I think the biggest takeaway of this episode, in terms of future plot, is talking about how the eclipse powder stuff affects devout people. Mm-hmm. So I think that we're like coming upon, even though they talked about like making it lesser, so it doesn't really affect anybody, it just gets the bugs going. I think that either they're going to miscalculate how much to put or something, and then it's going to be like devout grounder one crew against devout sanctum, and it's just going to be like a bloodbath. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So everyone <laughs> dies. It's, yeah, exactly. exactly. Cool. cool. So cool. I think that's. I think that was the quiet takeaway was if it's not that, it's something to do with the fact that um, when you sniff up this powder, you see the people you believe in as gods to be extra godly, like as angels or whatever. And if you're devout, you're extra devout and you, you turn your anger towards the less devout. So. Yeah, I mean, this is something, the known phenomenon that a lot of people who have like near death experiences they they report having seen stuff and a lot of times what they see has sort of religious um elements to it and yeah it, it's usually you know like if they're christian they'll see jesus if they're muslim they'll see muhammad or something mm-hmm. um yeah so like that kind of makes sense um mm-hmm. Just goes along with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and again, just like another manifestation of how this thing is um, kind of now taken on a life of its own. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Was that it? That's all I got. I um, I I was confused with like when. The grounders or whatever the um, children of Gabriel came, mm-hmm. and they found out that uh, Xavier's Gabriel. Um, oh, we didn't talk about that. Oops. <laughs> eh. Yeah, I mean, my only thing is like they didn't really show a lot of reverence for Gabriel. Um, well, be he okay. I had some things to say about that. Um, yeah, I go ahead. I thought I thought that. I liked the fact that we were coming across a conflict that was not really based in mortality, even though, like, obviously it has those themes built in there about living forever or whatever. But it was, like, I think the, the, the biggest point of conflict was the fact that he, quote-unquote, betrayed them by uh-huh. taking over another body. So it was about, like, their... Um, their idol um, going against everything that they believe. And it was, it was a betrayal, the hugest betrayal that they can imagine. And Mm -hmm. so I really like for 10 years for 10 years. Yeah. Like that's fucking wild. It, it, it shatters the core of their beliefs. And so um, I, I liked that. uh, What's it called? Identity crisis of the, Uh 
the children of Gabriel. Yeah. Um, that, that totally that makes well sense. Done. But, yeah. um, I mean, they, um, they didn't want to believe him when he said that it was, uh, against his will or without his consent. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Cause if they believe that, then shouldn't they be less, shouldn't they feel less betrayed? Yeah. But I think it's, it's hard to believe that, like the fear of death is so universal that like to believe that someone murdered somebody to stay alive is very believable to say that someone that someone stayed alive and somebody else died and it was against their will is less so believable um so i think that it's just hard for them to trust Mm -hmm. i mean it's a little weird because like you want to decide like if you decide that the um that he's innocent then he is your most respected leader um but in order to right so like but then how do you know if they're being honest if you don't if you're not sure anymore if they're you know your leader <laughs> um so like it it has like the circular um nature mm-hmm. right cuz like you it's a question of like do you believe this person or not well um usually typically you would believe them right whatever gabriel would say um what is the reason for not believing them now is because of the thing that they're trying to explain right mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, like, if they explain that, then you should believe them again. But in order to know if they explained it well, then you should you have to decide if you want to believe them or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's confusing either way. And you're taking people's words for things either way. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like they they just didn't really, like... If, for, if it seemed... They made it sound like they were worshipping him. But they just—they were just like pretty chill about it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "All right, handcuff the god. That's fine." All right. Uh, just we just realized he's an asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So what else are we done? I think so. Well, actually, I think so. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, Joe, want to go? So I. I- I didn't have too much of one. It's just more like a general question. But like, if they're just like taking bone marrow from Maddie, like if that's the thing, like why is she hooked up to like all of like the head science wizard things? Like, <laughs> you know, like like if you're just taking bone marrow, like unless you know, I I guess Jackson is maybe working on her chip thing. But like, it just seems kind of. If I were Russell, I'd be like so. Why is she hooked up to anything besides, like, I don't know, whatever, like, IV needle bone marrow thing? Um, that was just my well, actually. Of, like, and why is she not be... upside down? Yeah, there just needs to end in her underwear, because that's what this show yeah. does. I'm just saying, there, there, there's, there was a lot more Questions. science happening I mean, than yeah. needed. Yeah, <laughs> but you could say that um, they put her under on, like, Mount Weather to take the bone marrow and it was about monitoring consciousness I to mean, determine maybe. how much um, anesthesia to continue to administer. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. I mean, mm. that's my schmience. That's your schmience. Okay. That's my schmience. Okay. Explanation. Okay. Okay. What's your complaint, folks? <laughs> I already said it, but like, I, I don't like when um, there are cut storylines. So I still stand by that I think there's a cut storyline with Echo and Jade. And I was just like, why is Echo in Sanctum Guardware all of a sudden? And I did go back and she is wearing it in um, the not this episode, but the one before mm-hmm. um, when she was shooting on. So I'm, I'm assuming that she was wearing it to blend in and not be noticed, even though a population of 200 people they'd be like why are you wearing guard uniforms you're from earth clearly i don't i haven't seen you since i was six like um so from that perspective they really needed to show that she was just kind of sneaking by i don't know something so her just being randomly in the guard uniform is just jarring Mm -hmm. but then when they show more of her you don't like that either yeah, so I, I'm in. <laughs> Bubs is never happy when I'm never happy. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. no way to make me happy about it. I'll find something to dislike, and I own <laughs> up to that. But at the same time, like I told someone on Reddit, I was, I thought that I was going to be upset because it's going to be a really great story slash background for Echo, and I thought that another character would deserve it more. But in the end, it was just really thin and meaningless. That's <laughs> how I described it. So yeah. well, by that. All right. Well, I I was just wondering, does Gaia know what a psychopath is? What do you mean? <laughs> like a little bit too technical? Uh, yeah, clinical. Like, Has that's she a met? little bit twentieth century. Like, like she. Oh, like yeah. What? There was something else that I wanted to call out really quickly, and I don't know if this is like the writers thinking that they're being clever, or if it's another one of their throwaway hints. But we got two mentions of a demon. Yes. In this episode, yes, and both mentions then of like demons being related to fire or flames. Mm-hmm. And does that wrap back into Becca being burned at the stake? Exactly. And so, is it is it the writers giving us like another breadcrumb hint, or is it the writers being a little bit masturbatory with their mirroring effects? I'm gonna yeah. go with the latter, <laughs> based on season five. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I remembered that from this episode. Anyway, I got nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I speaking of Becca, can I just say, like, she, honestly, like, she really fucked all of humanity's future oh, yeah. colonies right up the ass. Like, she just <laughs> destroyed it with all her, all her like, night blood AI nonsense. Well, here's the thing. Becca, in addition, right Becca was her own perverse instantiation. Like, mm-hmm. she was human, but she did all of these incredible things that just fucked everything up. Yeah. Like, like it's oops, everything. she also was trying to make humanity better and yeah. fucked it up. Everything that's yeah. wrong with all of the this universe is her fault now. Yep. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> apologies to Erica Sarah. <laughs> but also, like please come back, because I love looking at you. Yes. Yeah. She's hilarious. Also, should we uh Unity Days four? Oh yeah. Is gonna happen. Yeah. So I I'm still in shock, so I'm not gonna comment on it. But uh 
wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I will. I'll, I'll reach out. I'm going to see who's going to see whether or not it makes sense for trying to get a press pass and spending a bunch of money to go to Canada. Um, Vancouver is beautiful. Vancouver you, is beautiful. Vancouver in January and February less so, but it's also just in a really nice city. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that had nothing to do with it. We had a lot of fun for two years going. Yeah. Oh, three. I went for three years. Yeah, I've only been for two. I didn't see you at one of them. No. We didn't didn't know each other. We didn't know each other. All right. Other thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm excited for more Anomaly. That's all I get. Yeah, I think you're not going to get it. It's going to be... God damn it. Sorry. Yeah. Did you finish your thoughts on Guy and the sociopath thing? Because I was like, do you mean like bad seed misinformation? I think the word sociopath. Like, she didn't have education in psychology. Is this a word that the grounders even ever used? Was it even in their language? Not really, because are they all sociopaths? (laughs) Well, like, like they wouldn't call anyone psychopath, would they? Like, they don't. They don't have like, uh, like psychology or psychiatry. Right, they have. They or, believe in other shit. They yeah. believe in reincarnation, and like they would probably say, like the person's been possessed by a demon or something. Like she's yeah. saying, well, like she doesn't know what is. Yeah. yeah. Guy, well, guy speaks like British English, so she's very learned. Nila speaks like someone Nyla. who is deaf. <laughs> Nyla, whatever. <laughs> Nyla speaks like someone who is deaf who also uses speech. And that is no offense to deaf people because I am boggled by the fact that you cannot hear yourself but can still speak. That's like wild. <laughs> That's superpowers. That's but impressive. like Mila sounds like Nyla. yeah. There's like a very specific accent. So why 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 are there like all these very various You got a lot of questions. You got a lot yeah. of questions. I have a lot of questions. Alright. No answers. <laughs> All right. Um, TV shows, movies, books, games, other media to recommend. Um, I will uh, continue buffed? telling. Oh, oh okay. sorry. Fine. Fine. No, Joe, Joe, go first. Um, I will continue to tell everyone to watch Letterkenny. It is amazing. Um, girlfriend and I also just started Pen Fifteen, which on the one hand is really kind of amazing in that, like, it's about these two. The story is about these two girls entering into seventh grade and, like, everything is terrible and embarrassing, except the two girls are actually played by two women who created the show who are in their early 30s. And so, except all of the rest of the cast is age appropriate. So it's these two 32-year-old women pretending to be seventh graders surrounded by a bunch of, like, 11 and 12-year-olds. And so, like, you can tell that they are older, but they actually do a really good job being younger. But, like, it's also amazing as an older person to watch and be like, oh, my God, they... These these eleven year old boys, these twelve year old boys, like they are children. Everyone in this show is a child. Anyway, it was it yeah. was amazing. <laughs> um, but holy shit, I have to leave the room and cover my ears often because it is so cringy. Trauma. So if you have a problem with secondhand embarrassment, I just want to like hella trigger warning you because I have to like oh, go yeah. away sometimes. If you had trouble getting through the office. This yeah. Might be difficult to oh, talk. this is this is rough. But on the other hand, some of the moments in the show are fucking brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's my pitch. I definitely have that whatever that thing was that you said. I'm Such sure there's a German word for it. 
it's like schadenfreude but like the opposite the opposite where you are not pleased by someone else's misfortune and embarrassment (laughs) where by the act of watching it you are 10 bajillion times more embarrassed than the person that you are watching i'll just call it badenfreude okay does that work well it's not it's not a void void means pleasure oh um so what's the uh lust lust is suffering um yeah anyway (laughs) um what about you bubs um so i've been trying to dabble in other shows i do want to say i recommended veronica mars last week and i want to take it back because the 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 showrunners um interview really bothered me and i felt it was kind of sexist and if you want to launch a new show launch a new show don't do it off of the backs of very um invested fans that's not cool um but i watched a few things on hulu one of them was the click and the other was um light as a feather oh how was that it keeps getting pushed at us and of course their first episode is called stiff as a board (laughs) so i'm like am Um, i watching the craft so the the um the villain is not Swarsha Barsha blah, blah, blah. You know what actress I'm talking about, right? Okay. By that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it is. Hopefully. Like, every time I think of it, I'm like thinking about it, her face appears, not the other person's face. Um, it's, it's okay. It's weird. What I like about it, though, is that it's a, like a 30 minute horror show. Okay. So, so it's really easy to get through. Is each um, episode its own contained story? no it's all building towards the got main it. thing got it got it got it um and so i would say if you if you're a fan of horror i think it's something to check out it's not um exceptional to the point where everybody should check it out um but there are aspects of it that are horrifying um yeah and i think right. it ended on a cliffhanger yeah so and then the other thing the click is like Dark Gossip Girl, which I, again, I'm not sure that I'm recommending. Um, If you really liked Gossip Girl and you want something a little bit edgier and darker, you might like it. But I think we're all a little bit fed up and tired about dark things. (laughs) So maybe we just have stuff that's nice. Seriously, like, I'm not, like, I think comedies are always, like, a thing I, I turn to when I'm, I need background stuff. Or whatever. And I, but like, I'm really not enjoying like the things that are scripted and supposedly have like long running plots. They're all just like grim dark and I'm tired. Which is why everyone should just watch Letter Kenny. Exactly. Yeah. Watch Letter Kenny. That's the, the conclusion <laughs> of my ramble. All right. I got nothing to recommend. Uh, the only thing I've been reading for the past months is, um, history of quantum mechanics so um yeah um all right well (laughs) next week so exciting (laughs) yeah i'll probably not be here next week um we will probably oh we lied we said cc was gonna be here this week but turns out she's not so hopefully next week we'll next episode we'll have cc yeah we'll have a lovely guest or maybe joe and Bubs will just do it who knows who knows um Thank you. Come tweet tweet us, ask us questions. Maybe geek again. 
Gmail. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.